Hello, guys and girls, and welcome to episode 181 of the F Reality Podcast. We've got some hot and juicy VR news to share with you all this week. We're going to be discussing our thoughts on the latest tease from something new from HTC. PSVR made a comeback with six new PSVR titles coming soon. We'll give you our thoughts on The Climb 2 on Oculus Quest, and we discuss the VR industry from the perspective of someone ingrained in the traditional gaming scene with Alex from Low Spec Gamer. To round up the show, Nathie has got some new releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team and find out what's been their highlight of the week this week. And also, let us know what you thought was your highlight in the chat so we can read out some of your recommendations too. So, first up... This mad lad can climb up a skyscraper in a flash. He has no fear when it comes to heights, and he just loves the feel of lycra. It's uh, the amazing Spider Nathy. How you doing, dude? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing great, man. Yeah. Thanks for uh, the beautiful introduction. You know, I'm your You're friendly welcome. neighborhood Nathy. You know, if you need mm. my help, call me. I'll come. <laughs> you know, I'll swing around in my lycra <laughs> leotard or something, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm gonna save you. Don't yeah. put that image in my head now, Nathy. Please. <laughs> I was super I, I, impressed, by the way, yeah. with your uh, the climb video. You know, you did it super fast. Yeah, but but still in an elegant way too, right? I mean, elegant <laughs> and fast. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was just, you know, so elastic when I. You were jumping did. around like a madman. Yeah, and I actually got to beat my own score after that again. Uh, wow! Because I was able to finish the first city level of the climb in uh, three minutes, but I was able to do it in. Two minutes and 59 seconds. Wow, is that like a record on the leaderboard at the moment? Well, I'm sure it's now gone. I mean, you know, people are going mm. nuts about high scores. But I was the number one uh, for a while. But before I'm, the game released, <laughs> of well, course. Before the game released, yeah. <laughs> but also after the game released. Oh, okay. Um, because the, the, the uh, scores did disappear after that. So I had to reclaim my, uh, you know, the top. Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, but um yeah no it's it's uh, we're gonna talk about it later you know it's a good workout for sure especially if you're gonna speed run it um yeah. and um yeah besides that i then decided to go back into robinson the journey mm, i wanted classic. to do that for a while because a lot of people have no idea what that game was all about i think a lot of people have forgotten about it but i i felt this urge of maybe reintroducing it to people now Mm -hmm. um, but I played it. I played it on uh, the Oculus Store. Uh, it's it's a game made by Crytek too. Uh, the climb is based on that game in a way. Um, and um, yeah, I have to say it was quite rough. But but not in the sense of necessarily what it looked like. It didn't look like amazing anymore. Like I I, I knew the game first, you know, because Crytek is all about you know uh, fidelity and stuff. Um, but the, um, the gameplay mechanics were a bit outdated. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I got mm. stuck at parts where I was walking around and also I couldn't change my moving speed. So before you finish that game, uh, it's going to be a while just because of the fact how fast you run. But the fact you have this, because you have a sidekick dinosaur in this game, it's a dinosaur game, um, is just amazing. And, and we've talked about this before, you know, having a sidekick in a VR game is great. I still thought that Higgs, the robot that also assists you from the air, is annoying. He was always annoying. But it almost felt like they were just waiting in this time capsule to meet me again. I, I felt kind of nostalgic, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I also felt it was almost my duty to bring these characters back to life again. I really felt that way. It's so weird. I was like, you guys are still in here. 
you were, were waiting for me to, you know, that that's how good this game was when I played it back then. Yeah. And um, then I, I tweeted about it and uh, Crytek actually liked it because someone said, hey, wouldn't it be awesome to have a dinosaur themed climb, you know, or a DLC to that? And they liked that. So maybe, who knows, we're going to see Robinson the Journey make a little bit of a comeback in some, because... I mean, if we think about the climb now, after climb one and two, it would be cool to kind of have something sci-fi or something that doesn't necessarily exist. I think that would be great. So who knows? Yeah. Time will tell. Yeah. Nice. Are you going to be releasing a video of Robins and the Journey on the channel? Well, I, I found it challenging to record it properly. So I, I might have to, um, you know, uh, test out some more stuff. Mm-hmm. I might try the Steam uh, build as well. Um, but what a lot of people don't know is that they added a motion controller support later down the road because it was first a... Uh, gamepad only uh, title uh, but yeah, now you can also yeah true true yeah. yeah yeah it's weird right like i played yeah, it with it an xbox controller and i was also immersed uh, in that way but it's funny watching it back now me like like trying to be a little bit in this room school area holding my controller like that yeah it's it's strange how times fly and it's it's not that long ago you know it's not that long ago so not really no yeah. awesome well, thanks yeah. for that. Look forward to your video because uh, mm. I don't think I've, I've I've ever played it, so uh, no? I should oh, I should really? maybe go back and try it out. Yeah, wow. yeah. I remember you guys uh, talking highly of it back in the day, but I never tried it. Yeah, so. it was a. Uh, it originally launched on the PlayStation. It was like an exclusive uh, for a while, and yeah. then it came to Steam yeah. and Oculus. Yeah, nice, nice recommendation. Robinson the Journey, very, very visual as well. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. So uh, next up, he baffles us with science and doesn't play well with others. He's a lovable rogue with a big brain. It's the one and only Rowdy VR. How you doing, dude? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I've had a, I've had a very busy busy week, but um, I actually did something completely different this week. Uh, well, I mean, this week um, since the, the, the you know the, the COVID lockdown, uh, I've been having a hard time just like you know finding some time to relax. You know, I spend like 12 to 14 hours looking at a at a screen and like getting into you know more gaming and virtual reality than is sometimes very very hard. So one of the one one of the things that I really picked up during the lockdown was like you know starting to read again. So I've been I've been reading all kinds of different things from like textbooks up until like uh, you know fantasy novels. As a kid, I was a, a big fan of reading fantasy novels, so um, I kind of kind of dove back into that a little bit. And you'll get the link with VR in just a minute because um, the the book that I just this week finished was called um, uh, it's it's the first uh, of the Stormlight Archive. Does that ring a bell no. with anyone? Tell Storm- me more. And, and if okay. I say the the first. Part is called the the Way of Kings. Okay. Does that ring a bell with any of you? It sounds like Lord of the Rings to me. Well, I mean, it's not, but there was a, a VR game that was made not that long ago. Um, hmm. Well, not that long ago for 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 us, it's uh, probably a very long time ago. But it's uh, it was a VR game called The Way of Kings, which was a, a representation of like you know like what what the book was about because they were going to release back then I believe the second book, which is called uh, the I forgot the name. Uh, the, I think they were going to release a second book, and um, they in order to hype that up a little bit, what they did was they made a, a VR game uh, around that. It was very short. It was like a maybe half an hour experience, but it was visually very beautiful, but the game was trash. Like, yeah. it was had nothing to do with the book. Uh, a lot of people, because I played it back then on the channel, a lot of people were pissed at me for some reason, uh, because, uh, oh, this guy doesn't even read the book. Like, they expect me to read a book of, like, 1,300 pages before I play a VR game, of course. Um, 
So back then I hadn't read it, uh, but now I finished it and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and I find it kind of cool that it's like this, uh, normally it's the other way around. You know, you read the book and mm. then, you know, you say, oh, you get excited for a VR adaptation or like a, a, a movie or something like that. But for me, this was the other way around now. So I oh. actually got to do the VR ad- adaptation first. Uh, I don't know if people in the chat yeah. remember that one. So, so sure okay, what, few... what are you doing in this game? Because I, I also don't remember it. Maybe I do, but... Uh... Yeah, so like actually it has very little to do with the book you do play a character from the book called Kaladin uh, and he has a little like like a sprite something that like follows him around which is a little a girly fairy kind of thing oh a sprite um, I thought like a sprite like a sprite that you can you know the sprite that you can drink <laughs> like, like a magical yeah, almost, creature almost Nathan keep okay, trying okay. keep yeah. trying um, but uh, you, you are in like this kind of area. I'm not going to spoil too much because for people who still want to read the book, but it's a place in the book. You're there and you need to just like wander around a little bit. Then you need to climb to a plateau and you start to fight some creatures. And that's when the game ends, hmm. uh, cool. which is, I mean, the, none of it takes really place in the book. Uh, it's it's kind of like a, a weird kind of setting doesn't really the story is not really there the the representation of the of the people is not correct the voices are probably feeling correct as well it's very uh, weirdly done uh, it was basically just done in order to you know build some hype around like the the book release which i find weird because i don't expect a lot of people playing vr games to be like oh you know like now i'm gonna read this book that i first mm. need to read the first 1300 pages on uh, and then I need to go to the second book to read another 1,300 pages. Mm. But I mean, it worked for me. So, you know, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> so you're going to continue the series? Uh, yeah, for sure. I, I really enjoyed this book. It's, it's written by uh, Brandon Sanderson. Um, and also, I believe, because there are like some some words going around about a movie adaptation, uh, since he claimed the rights back for that. So I do think that in like in the future, we'll probably see a movie adaptation for it. Uh, and if you're into fantasy kind of stuff, like very much like Lord of the Rings and, uh, you know, other things like that, it's it's very much in that particular style with like huge battles that take place. And it's very... Um, like the kind of writing is very descriptive. So, you know, sometimes it's like 20 pages just describing a certain scene, which I particularly really enjoy because it, fu- it fuels that imagination that you have. And it's it's a nice way of like doing something different than like playing a VR game or playing a game or even watching a movie because it's mm-hmm. it's something else. Of course, I'm still staring at one single thing. Just this time, it's like a, either a tablet or a book. Uh, but at least it's not like my computer screen. So I move around the house a little bit at least. <laughs> and just remind us of the name again. So it's called The Way of Kings. Okay. Uh, and uh, the, the series is called The Stormlight Archive. Cool. Nice recommendation. Something mm-hmm. a bit different there for you to check yeah. out. So next up, we have a special guest joining us this week. This guy is a YouTuber, a writer, a public speaker, and he'll teach you everything you need to know about how to play high-end PC games on an Intel Core Potato. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's Alex from Low Spec Gamer. Welcome to the show, dude. Hi, thank you for having me. In terms of highlight, and I've been racking my brain, I think I have something that is relevant to the podcast in a weird way. Um, which is uh, my girlfriend has started using the Oculus Quest 2 on her own volition, which is odd. She's not the gamer type. And I just let her in the living room and I have caught her using it like a couple of times, which was very unexpected. And That's awesome. In in that process, she almost hit me while playing. So, <laughs> which I believe is a rite of passage for every, anyone trying VR for the first time. So that was a highlight. 
Nice. What are our favorite uh, experiences or games to play? Unsurprisingly, so far it is Beat Saber and Pistol Whip. Yeah. Yeah, two classics there. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think Beat Saber is one of those games that you can give to anyone and they'll just have a blast. It does, regardless of age, gender, you know, if they're a gamer or not, they will like just love it and pick it up. Yep. Yeah, nice. Nice. Well, great to have you on the show. Looking forward to your insights on some of the topics that we're going to be discussing today. Um, let's uh, get into what the uh, the chat has been playing and their sort of highlights this week. Yes. So, uh, Watu UK has been playing Fox with uh, Zim, you know, Fox, Fox uh, Machine, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. I saw him yeah. streaming that this week. Yeah. I heard that completely wrong, I think. I'm sorry. Uh, Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Sure. Um, and he went for a drink with, who do you think it is? It's a creature who likes vodka. No? No. Jeff? Nope. Oh, And it's course. not Jeff Keighley. No. It's the other Jeff. Jeff uh, from... The uh, Jeff. Yeah, the Jeff, yeah. It's so, his birthday uh, soon. True, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, he said that uh, lots of bottles got broken and uh, it wasn't uh, pretty. No. Yeah, Did he end up in the crusher? I don't know if he... You you can yeah you always well you you have two decisions right I don't want yeah, to spoil it for people but uh, you don't have to no you don't yeah. have to you have two options there um, then we have gaming science teacher who has attended Microsoft Ignite in Altspace and checked out puzzling places on App Lab yeah I love puzzling places they just updated it as well more puzzles yeah good stuff is there already a puzzle of you that you can put together of your head my face no it's coming that DLC fun, in the future though, like having faces of like all like these, these uh, people, you know? Yeah, that would be fun. Be fun. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Limit, who uh, has been playing a bunch of Hyperdash on Rift S. Nice. So much fun. Uh, Dave the Psycho has played uh, The Climb 2. He says it's underwhelming, but we'll find out if that's the truth uh, later down the road mm-hmm. uh, in the show. Um, and he also played Luna. I think this is a, a cinematic kind of experience and animation. It's been a long time. Something with a bird, uh, as far as I know. But it's it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Check it out. And then we have Hussein, who uh, is on a mission to play a, a backlog of uh, games on the Oculus Go and then sell it. Um, he already played uh, wow. Wrong Voyage and uh, Spark of Light so far. What was your uh, favorite uh, Go uh, title? I just loved Oculus Rooms on Go. We've talked about this many oh, yeah. times yeah, on, yeah, on yeah, the yeah. show. What was <laughs> yeah. the one that um, that Zim loved? Was it Shallows or something like that? The boat one? The boat one. It's like I... a boat management game. I can't even remember what it's boat called. Boat management but... game? Yeah. You, you was like a captain of a ship and you had to manage your crew, had different bits in there. The chat will know what it is. Oh. I think it was called Shallows or something similar okay. like that. Zim loved that one, uh, but that's a good Go game if you want to go and check that out. What, also, what, um, Augmented Empire, that was a really yeah. cool one. Kind of like um, oh, yeah. XCOM sort of mm-hmm. style, turn-based strategy. That was really fun. I loved yeah, that I game. That I, I still think that They Suspect Nothing was my favorite game. It was just super funny. Yeah. And it looked nice, and it had a nice vibe to it. Um, uh, yeah. Bryant Brian Foster in the chat says it was Narrows, not Shallows. Oh, narrows. So, narrows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Another yeah. great one on Go is Esper. Go check that Esper, one out as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Rao, cool. do you have any others uh, to add to the list? No. no. Oculus Continue Go on. on Oculus Go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think the most thing that I did on, on the Oculus Go was always the, um, you know, the Oculus Rooms, like Mike yeah. said. I think that that is even a feature I miss now in Oculus Quest. And uh, mm. 
and and regular Oculus. Uh, so yeah. just just being able to play Monopoly with just some friends in a room was just the best thing ever. Why well, they didn't bring that to Quest? Launching a game. Like, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. We, but we've we've said that many, yeah, many times. So yeah. Yeah. Like there. we beat the same drum every episode. We'd like brings yeah, us yeah, back. Yeah. Um, my highlight this week was the climb too. But um, like Nathy said, we're going to be talking about that later on in our sort of review sort of discussion. So mm. stay tuned for that. Uh, so let's get into the news. But of course, before we get into the news, I want to thank the sponsor of this week's show, and that is of course Val, the Virtual Athletics League. Val are currently running the VR Winter Games, which kicked off on the 19th of February and is the follow-up to last year's VR Fitness Summit. The VR Winter Games is a series of online tournaments in which you can enter and compete for your opportunity to win thousands in cash prizes in over 20 VR games. For example, this week you can compete in 11 table tennis. Also, qualifiers have begun for Ninja Legends and Star Shaman, and there's a Gleam giveaway for Pistol Whip as well. So if you want to find out more about the tournaments, how to enter the games and the cash prizes, check out the website onearena.gg, which has all the details and links are in the description down below. Okay. Yeah, awesome. Right. So first bit of news, juicy news as well. Uh, And this is from uh, HTC. As uh, this week, they tweeted from the official HTC Vive account uh, a picture of a Vive logo while saying, it's your move. This has caused some (laughs) speculation across the VR community that HTC could be teasing a new headset coming in the near future. Now, this might make sense, as you might remember back in September last year on episode 156 of the podcast, we talked about some leaked specs of a standalone Vive headset which appeared on Geekbench. For those unfamiliar, Geekbench is kind of this uh, benchmarking program to test performance of PCs and mobile devices. And it seemed that someone was testing out the new hardware uh, in the form of a new Vive headset. And the results were uploaded to the site, which were then inadvertently made public. And I don't know if that was kind of like some marketing ploy to get someone talking about it or if Mm. it was accidental. No one really knows. Uh, But it was interesting nevertheless. Geekbench, are you familiar with Geekbench, Alex? I'd imagine... This is the kind of thing it's, in your in, in you, your. You will be surprised how often computer unreleased computer parts are leaked because of Geekbench. I think the the box that you have to uncheck in order to not upload your results is probably the most. Uh, it's one of the best journalism journalists in this industry. Just that little box, that little option, or whoever actually included that into the program in the first place. Nice. So Geekbench is the place to be for for hardware leaks. There you have it. Um, so on this Geekbench upload, uh, the specs showed that this was a, a Vive Focus uh, device, mm-hmm. and it was called the Vive Focus XR2 because it featured a Qualcomm XR2 chipset, uh, six gigabytes of memory, and was also running uh, Android 10. And of course, we know that the XR2 chipset is the same chip that powers the Quest 2, which also has six gigabytes of memory. So even back then, it was kind of rumored that this was going to be competition for the Quest 2. And I'm wondering now that they're finally sort of teasing something on this on their sort of official uh, social platforms that maybe we're up for, you know, some more information imminently. Uh, but what do you guys uh, take on this? Like, what do you think? Do you think we're, we're in for new hardware? Do you think this is just a, some like a new head strap or something completely different? What do, what do you guys <laughs> that would, think? That would be something, right? They just like, hey, hey, we tease something. It's a head strap. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Or, or like like a turning table, like just oh. like a turning table. Yeah, the spinning the spinning turning table with the the, the Vive Cosmos on was like the worst marketing I've ever seen of any VR company. But um, we, but we still remember it. So then we still remember. Yeah, we still yeah, talk yeah, about there it. There you so. go. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bad it's good. Yeah, I know. When was the last um, time I mean, it, it must be? It must be. Sorry, go ahead, Alex. When was the last time HTC released a headset? 
So it was the the Vive Cosmos, which was um, a bit of a disaster, and the Vive Cosmos um, Elite. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, it was kind of lackluster because it had pretty bad tracking, pretty bad controllers. It was a, a a medium sort of price point in the market. You had the Index on the high end, obviously Quest Two on the low end, kind of sat in the middle, but didn't really satisfy either market. Um, and a, as it stands right now, uh, actually the Cosmos currently holds just two percent of all Steam VR users uh, using the headset on Steam, yeah. um, which is a massive difference when you consider 13% of VR users on Steam still use the original Vive. So, I, it, I remember it, the I remember the time when like HTC was like releasing too many headsets. You remember we had like like seven headsets in like a couple of months, like the Pro Eye and the, the Pro like with that Ferrari logo, whatever that was, the McLaren edition one. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, you had like the the Vive, the regular Vive Pro, then you had uh, you know you had so many different kind of versions that were all of a sudden coming out, and then it was like radio silence. Not yeah, because the, the the Vive Cosmos was uh, their plan Bad was to make this a um, uh, modular headset, right, where the mm. faceplate was the main thing to upgrade or downgrade uh, based on your own preferences. Interesting concept. I that like could that have concept. Definitely worked. Yeah, uh, where the base model was just the Vive Cosmos, where it was inside out. Then you had uh, Vive Cosmos Elite, where it did lighthouse tracking. So you That's right. slap a, a different, and there was another one, but I maybe with the, more cameras or something. I don't know what was the it problem again? with the um, Elite was that it used the original Vive ones. Yeah. Oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. There was so a there was very no... strange combination of like old ba- base stations, and it was a bit. Yeah, they tried to get rid of their old stock, basically. It um, seemed that way, certainly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. mistakes were made with the Cosmos for definitely. sure, Alex. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if they've learned any lessons from that release. Mm. And, you know, hopefully they're going along uh, a hybrid headset where, you know, it is standalone, but can be connected to Steam VR and maybe Vive port. That would yeah. certainly be the way I would want it to go. Well, uh, it depends on where they want to go. I mean, if they, yeah, I, I think enterprise or consumer, both ways, that it has to be an all-in-one VR headset nowadays. It's just the standard. You can't be releasing a PC VR headset anymore that doesn't do both. It's that's mm. no a no-go. Mm. Um, and and what if they are going to do it for consumers? It should be a headset first of all with solid tracking, because well, last time they weren't able to make that happen. They need to make content, like mm-hmm. really decent content, and also uh, do more releases along the way, like every month, like an, a new game or something. Um, and, and next to that, like an interface that is amazing, software that is good, maybe introduce their subscription service they already had, Viveport, and make mm-hmm. it an option or make it a part of the headset. Um, the price needs to be... You know, it, it's it's not going to be cheaper than the Quest. And they, and, and I'm, I understand they can't do that. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. If you can mm-hmm. offer something good for that in return. Mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that it, that you don't need a Facebook account is already one sales point they have. Everyone has that sales point outside mm-hmm. of Facebook. It's a free one you get, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It, I'm sure it's going to be a Vive Focus thing. But hopefully they looked at the Western market, what they want, and release it there. Because... The Vive Focus that they had in China, I mean, it worked. It was pretty good, but it wasn't necessarily something that would fit in the, you know, on the yeah. other side of the world. I, I am kind of curious, like, what kind of price point they're going to make this available? Because we already know that they're not going to be able to match, like, the Oculus pricing just because Oculus, you know, 
undersells yeah. their headsets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and HC has always had the reputation of like you know selling selling them for a bit more money, which makes sense because they don't have the they still need to recoup those R and D costs for their headsets. So I, I don't know what 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 kind of price point do you guys think that this will come in at if it is a new headset? If I might add a comment there, like before even hypothesizing on a price, I think the complicated part is not just that the Quest comes at a lower price due to Facebook backing, but also that they can do that out of the expectation of having a closed control platform in a way similar to what consoles do. So yeah. what, as, as Nathy mm. very clearly said, and I completely agree with, they have to do something that is hybrid or at least has a standalone mode because it has become the standard. But the problem with that is that if you create an entire new ecosystem, then you have to convince developers to port games there. You have to convince users to actually buy into your ecosystem and they're coming in late against a competitor that's bigger than them so unless they offer something that is like radically better it's uh, it's an uphill climb and i'm actually curious to see that because as it, I, I will be surprised if it's less than 500 dollars. and mm. if around that price point it's like okay it's the cost plus having to buy all the games again plus an unproven new mm-hmm. uh, marketplace and a new ecosystem where you're going to throw money at it's it's a hell of a risk for a consumer and mm. and just no. not having that link to your facebook account is an advantage but it isn't that much of an advantage to compensate the massive price difference yeah, what I'm hoping is obviously because like the rumors was from the Geekbench leak was that it was an Android based headset. And if it is Android, then hopefully that means that maybe porting games that are already available on Quest will be an easy mm. process to a yeah, new yeah, headset. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if that is the case, then maybe you might get developers shifting over and just saying, well, if we can release on another platform and just opens it up to another audience potentially. But it's whether or not that that not having that social um media login requirement will be worth the extra two hundred dollars or two hundred pounds extra that it will be for this new hardware potentially yeah well the thing is and this is what we spoke about with nick is that nick mitchell is that uh the oculus quest can't be sold in china so this mm. headset, uh, that's already an advantage on its own, you know, where good point. it can that's be good sold point. easily in China already. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it, it does feel that this is HTC's last chance to do something. Not 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 in terms necessarily of how much money they still have left, but also reputation-wise. Like yeah. the Vive Cosmos was a mistake um, and, and happens. I mean, I haven't seen many headsets really fail on the... You know, the hardware side and the software side at the same time. Usually it's one of the two. Um, I, I think, like, I, I want them to work with Valve, like they did with the Vive, because they need Valve. I, 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 like, the Vive Cosmos proved to us that they might not be able to make their own hardware. But that's just based on one mistake. Maybe maybe they learned from it and have returned now with something better. Still yep. possible. But I think HTC, their weakness is the is the software. Like as Alex said, the ecosystem. That's the problem. Like Viveport is nice, but Viveport is just a subscription a service. But if they have an ecosystem there uh, that works for everyone, amazing. But I don't know if they if they are able to do that. They had a studio where they made games, you know, for their headsets. Uh, we had Ready Player One, right, where they made this mm-hmm. environment. They had the IP, they have made some smart decisions, but then weren't able to really make content that was immersive and was just great. Uh, and then on the marketing side, of course, same with this again. Yeah, I don't know, like they, they seem to be always promoting or a headset to 
consumers that is for business yep. or the other way around. And they, they don't seem to realize that because yep. from China, they have certain ideas. They send them to the American company. This is what you need to say, but it doesn't translate well and people get confused again. So I hope that they are able to kind of, you know, but some people left from HTC, like Rickard Stiver was a great, you know, frontman for them with Viport. He left. Of course, we still have Elvin. I'm like, you know, use him as the the guy who is going to promote this. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really want them to still stay in the in the game because the Vive, when that came out, was a great headset. It was amazing. But mm-hmm. it was in collaboration with Valve. And that's something you need to understand. That's where a yeah. lot of the success came from. Yeah, that's a really good True. point. It's a really good point. It kind of got me thinking about if this is a new standalone headset, what the name will be. Will it be a Vive Focus? Uh, because they said in the tweet, like, it's mm. your move. move. And they also yeah. responded to some tweets saying, you'll have to keep following our movements. <laughs> and it kind of made me think, oh, maybe they're going to call Vive this the move. HTC Move or the Vive Move or something I like that. I think Vive, they're still going to stick with Vive. Uh, they, uh, it would also be stupid to get away from that name. Yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sounds like a fine name, but yeah, you really need to, uh, that's what we, that's what we thought originally that the quest was going to be called. That's right? true. Yeah. That's what I had my money on. So I have been <laughs> yeah. wrong many, many times before. Um, but of course, you know, this is all just speculation at the moment. Nothing's been confirmed. It's just a picture of the Vive logo right now. Uh, hopefully maybe next week we'll get some more information or if not an official release, uh, of, or an announcement at least. Uh, saying that they're bringing a new headset to the market. And as soon as we have that information, we'll obviously update you on the show. But I thought it was worth mentioning anyway. Um, But yeah, would you be excited for a headset from HTC, Alex? Or are you happy with what you've got right now? I'm I'm extraordinarily skeptical that they can Mm -hmm. provide anything that is of value to anyone that is not like the hyper enthusiast. Uh, I certainly hope they do because I'm not happy with the the having br so the success of br so linked to whatever facebook decides to do mm-hmm. uh but i'm still skeptical that's that's a that's a pretty solid well, stance yeah, I, 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 do have, share that. I do have um well it's not really a scoop it's pretty obvious but i've been kind of informing around a little bit with my you know chinese friends it's definitely a headset what a surprise okay and it's it's it exists basically, so you can try it. Okay. Um, but if it's any good or not, no one is really telling me. Maybe they okay. just want to wait it out and see when it comes out. But yeah, I I just really hope it is. It is a good headset. Yeah, something new. Something we need different. competition in the market. That's what yeah. we've been asking for. This well, even is if our it's moment. a small part of the of yep. the ecosystem where there's a little bit of competition there, it's nice to have all kinds of headsets to pick from. You know. I, I just hope it's like something completely different, like like a headset for your dog or something like that, so you can bring him into VR as well. God, <laughs> my God. <laughs> and I think at that on that note, we should move on. <laughs> um, let, let's talk about uh, PSVR. We've talked about PSVR a lot just recently. We had the exciting news just recently that uh, PlayStation are working on a, a PSVR 2 headset for the PS5, uh, and it's likely going to be launching next year. Uh, And it seems just recently to prove that they're not out of the VR market and still committed to PSVR. PlayStation had a day uh, this week announcing some new PSVR content, which will be dropping soon uh, on the original PSVR while you wait for the next-gen headset uh, to arrive, which is pretty cool. And Mm. I've got no doubt that all all this content as well will be, like, forward compatible with whatever comes next. And... 
you'll get a bit of a hint of that as I go through it. So I'll list the new games that were announced and give a quick synopsis of each one uh, so you get a bit of a flavor of what they're all about. Some of them are sort of known IPs, some of them are new. Uh, so let's start with one that we already know and love, and that is Doom 3. So Doom 3 VR Edition is coming to PSVR later this month on the 29th of March. And this is kind of interesting because we talked about this a few episodes ago on episode yeah. 176 that um, something was leaked by the Australian classification boards uh, that it was a VR Bethesda game in the works. And we were like, oh, yeah, Doom Eternal's coming to VR. Oh, we, yeah, all got, yeah, yeah. We, all, we all got super hyped. It seems like we were completely wrong. And it was probably this game, uh, mm. the Doom 3 VR edition that was... Yeah. what was leaked on the classification. Now, now I'm a little bit disappointed for some reason. I don't know why. I was, well, like, I was thinking about Rage. I was like, oh, Rage 2 and VR, yeah, yeah. I yeah, am the yeah, complete yeah. opposite. When I saw the news, I'm like, fuck yeah, this is so much better that, that because Doom <laughs> Eternal, new Doom, in my opinion, doesn't work well in VR because of the format of how it just quickly it has to be. Uh, yeah. But I don't know if you ever played it, Doom 3. It's a very moody, slow sort of... Yeah. Uh, taking all the, the sounds and the sights and you with your flashlight fighting the demons kind of game, which mm -hmm. and the one time I tried it, I was like, I would love for this to be a VR game. This feels like something mm -hmm. that needs to be a VR game. So when this was announced, um, I w I'm all in on this. Like that that so, seems like an excellent idea. So, so I don't know if you know this already, Alex. Um, I might blow your mind here a little bit, but there is actually a mod available on SideQuest right now that you can oh, play it's a Doom 3. Yeah, so you can play Doom 3 uh, natively on the Quest um, via that. a mod. Yeah, 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 and, and it's free. So as long as you own Doom 3 via Steam, then you can play it for free on Quest standalone. So, yeah. uh, you know, if you don't want to invest in a PSVR, then you can play it already. So go, yeah, maybe it's, go check it's that a, out. It's a fan-made uh, version of it. That's the thing. It's yeah. going to be, if, if that's a thing that exists, it's going to be curious to see how well uh, an official port yeah, well, that's the interesting part, because you can already, like, with the trailer, you can compare now what it looks like. Uh, Bethesda did come, uh, or it wasn't Bethesda who ported it, it was Argiact Studios who made Waddle Home and the game you once played, Mike, I don't remember. It was <laughs> no, that other game, but they ported over, so played. it wasn't, yeah, I don't know, Mike played it, that's all I know. Oh, the shooter, I know which one you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, the shooter, the shooter where you could heal and stuff, like I Mercy can't remember the from name. over. Yeah, mm -hmm. someone is going to remind us anyway, so it's fine, Mike. They got us. Um, but they ported it over, so it wasn't Bethesda. But if you look at the trailer now already, it's it's just funny how close Dr. Beef's mod looks like the official one. Although mm. they did come up with some other things that uh, Dr. Beef didn't do. Um, but I thought it was a funny coincidence. Yeah. Honestly, they could have just bought him out. They'd be like, listen, can we use this and just throw it in there? But meanwhile, they were already busy. So I think they started both at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty cool, this. right? <laughs> yeah, pretty I know. Cool. Um, and it's actually uh, the base game and also the expansions, uh, which are called Resurrection of Evil and The Lost Mission. They're also included in this bundle. And it's also confirmed to have PSVR aim support, which is pretty cool if you still have oh, an yeah. aim controller lying around. Finally, not a title that has that. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I, it's funny because with all these announcements, I wonder if uh, Zim is is kind of uh, you know upset that he sold all this PSVR gear literally <laughs> like just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. By the way, I, I didn't mention fan. at the beginning of the show that Zim obviously isn't joining us if you hadn't noticed already. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, pro I probably should have said that. Um, oh. he, he's doing so well off the uh, autobiography he released, the, the Adventures of Jim Barnaby, <laughs> that he's shopping for a mansion this weekend. So he can... <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I'm joking. He's just busy, but he'll be back with us next week. 
Okay. Um, so yeah, the first game uh, in the lineup for for PSVR release is Doom Three. Uh, mm -hmm. The next one is an interesting one called Song in the Smoke. Uh, this is a new survival game. Uh, it drops players in a beautiful but deadly world full of monsters and mysteries. You'll have mm -hmm. to track monsters using their scent and footsteps, or whilst trying to stay alive by scavenging for food and shelter. Uh, it's also confirmed to support the PSVR move controllers. Looks pretty interesting concept, you know, survival yeah. sort of uh, horror sort of game. No set release date just yet, but it's planned to release sometime later this year. And I think this is coming exclusively to PSVR. Hmm. Okay. Song in the nice. smoke. Looks, looks gorgeous, actually. Yeah, looks looks cool. Uh, what was the, uh, the 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 classic survival game? You know, um, Ark. No, um, I can't even remember now what, what it's called. The one where you, you're a little man and you have to survive the night with a little fire. Don't uh, starve. It, don't starve. That's the one. It almost oh. seems like a VR version of that. Uh, yeah. I want to say uh, Jumanji VR for some reason, but uh, yeah. Jumanji. Jumanji. Don't. Um, yeah, so that is a Song okay. in the Smoke. Cool. Uh, this one I'm actually very, very excited about. Uh, and this is uh, a game called Fract. Uh, out, out of all the announcements, this is the one I'm most hyped for. Uh, this is made by Endreams, the same studio that brought us Phantom Cover Ops. Uh, this is going to be a run and cover shooter uh, set in a snowy location that will have you skiing, running, climbing, base jumping, and zip lining, all whilst taking down a new enemy known as the Fract. You can also uh, pull yourself up over cover to sort of like, uh, you know, a bit arcadey kind of shooting mechanic where you can pull your up, yourself up and down over cover to get shots on your enemy, which looks pretty cool. And apparently it's going to be uh, optimized also to run on PS5 as well, if you happen to have the PS5 console. Um, and just to give you a little scoop as well, I played this as a very, very oh, early tech mm, demo. Should we um, buy it, Mike? <laughs> well, I had. That's the first like, question. That's what people start. Like, oh, you played it? Should I buy it? Should I buy it? Well, from what I played, it was yeah. very, very early. They hadn't even applied any of the textures to the levels. Oh. It was just basically. Um, <laughs> okay. I think they call it. I think they call it gray boxing or something similar. Oh, yeah. is like yeah, the yeah. dev term. They yeah. gray boxed all these levels, so you had the level design laid out, mm. but they hadn't added the textures yet. But they certainly had the uh, the the. Um, the main gameplay mechanics where you can use cover uh, and pull up above it and shoot, which was a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time with their early prototype. So I've definitely got high hopes for this one. Okay. And, and they're the ones who made uh, Phantom Covert Ops as well, which is a yeah. great game. Absolutely. 100%. And, and shoot, shooty fruity. And shooty free. <laughs> this is exclusive to PSVR, it seems. Um, so don't expect to see this one on any other uh, headsets or consoles or systems. Yeah. Uh, and it looks like it's going to be dropping sometime this summer. Uh, well, when I saw these releases and, and, and I saw they were coming to PlayStation VR, I was like, I'm okay. I'm okay with the fact that it's coming to PlayStation VR because the only thing I see nowadays is coming to Quest. This is coming to Quest, coming to Quest this. I'm like, this is amazing news. Finally, something uh, to, to play on the PSVR uh, or, or a reason to return to the PlayStation VR. And I honestly think these games that are getting announced, it's not just because, oh, uh, PlayStation VR is suddenly... No, it's also to make themselves ready for the PSVR too. These yeah. are games that are going to get remastered yeah. for PlayStation 5 as well. So they're yeah. going to run on the... So all these games that you... They might just release early. Well, the PlayStation VR 2 isn't there yet. But they are in the background ready to go for the next hardware. 100%. So, yeah. yeah. 100%. And and that's, it, good. It, that's good that yeah. they're releasing it earlier. So we don't have to wait for new hardware. Yeah, I agree. And we've had some amazing exclusives on PlayStation. Blood oh, and man. Truth. Astrobot, uh, Resident Evil, uh, mm. Iron Man. We had yeah, some really great games on the system. Yeah. yeah. 
Have you ever tried uh, PSVR, Alex? I was going, I, I'm actually, th this is the piece of news that I'm more fascinated from uh, this week, particularly mm -hmm. because if, if there's, if there's a headset that could potentially do something interesting for the industry to me as an outsider is the PlayStation VR. In fact, when, when the original came around, uh, you probably understand this better than anybody, but at, at least to casual observers, there was all this hype of, oh, you know, it's VR and a console, and a mainstream console, like this one's it. And then the, the, the headset itself is, at least to my opinion, a little bit, the setup is a bit of a pain. And, yeah, I agree. And, it ha and it comes with issues that bring that. So the, when I read this news, I'm like, oh, yeah, this one, they've probably been planning this one from day one instead of making it some weird add-on. And this one's going to be, like, much easier to install. And that just, that idea makes me excited. There's, I own one. Uh, it's there somewhere. Because it's such On a... The yeah, it's, it's there <laughs> in the closet somewhere. It's the, the setup is so painful, at least to me. That I barely yeah. ended up using it, even though, as you guys already mentioned, the the exclusive games that were there, stuff like the the Iron Man way, were good. Like the the quality of the software was already there. I just felt it needed to to get over that entry layer. So if there's if there's one headset now that I feel could change things from just a Quest Facebook dominated world, it's this one. So. Please yeah. don't fuck it up, Sonny. Please. <laughs> no, I totally agree. I totally agree. And this is why I was so excited about the news when it dropped, because it took me by surprise initially. Yeah. And I was just yeah. excited that we've got this huge player that's coming to the market that's going to potentially do something to disrupt the industry right now. So, yeah, I totally agree with what you say. Yeah. Um, the next game that was announced was I Expect You to Die 2, uh, obviously right. the sequel mm -hmm. to the original I Expect You to Die from Shell Games. Uh, mm -hmm. We're all a big fan of that game, so definitely looking forward to yeah. more of that. It looks like this one's going to take off from where the original game ended, so sending you back into the world of danger and espionage, um, taking on sort of more deadly escape room puzzles and hilarious yeah. actions. So, yeah, definitely looking forward to that. That's also going to be coming to SteamVR and likely coming to Quest and Quest 2 as well. Yeah, so I, I hope that they have an equally nice soundtrack as they had in the, in the first one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that was a really was amazing. fun game. The, the submarine level was my favorite if you've if you ever played yeah, the original. Yeah, sure. Um, next up is an interesting one. It's called Zenith. Uh, this is an MMO RPG uh, in VR. It's got beautiful handcrafted environments, yeah. a deep combat system, free movement to explore and climb anything in this kind of vast open world. And it seems to be aimed at kind of scratching that itch of a true MMO RPG in VR, which is a genre that we yeah. only have a handful of options in right now. Um, they sort of have these epic raids that you can go on with your friends, big world events, sort of, you know, to, to do it with your friends and also make new friendships online. And also you can choose a class that kind of suits your own personal play style. So it kind of yeah. encourages you to team up with people that use other classes and work together as this kind of united team. So is it going to be a really interesting concept, a bit like kind of like Final Fantasy Online or kind of like a bit World of Warcrafty? Yeah. So looking forward to seeing how this one hits with the kind of MMO yeah. community and if they dig yeah. this one or not. It's it's ambitious for sure. Uh, I I also saw they're kind of getting into that you know kind of Kickstarter uh, vibe because this stuff is very expensive to make because it's you know it usually becomes huge huge, um, and it, it kind of uh, takes over what Nostos tried to do you know with their yeah. game that we yeah. never heard anything of ever again. Um, they might they're still very... work on it, but. Uh, 
they're very optimistic you know i, I get get your point yeah yeah, yeah, yeah kind of but there is no like what i'm saying is there's no real like mmo yet that you know we had this one game again like we seem to be forgetting about games today um where you could have like these different classes like you could be a mage yeah. and you could be an archer do you know remember the yeah we played it name, i can't remember uh, the name no but uh yeah it's on every platform you can remind us again i'm sorry chat i don't know why we are so uh <laughs> it's been a long week yeah. hell. but but just to let you know uh, yeah. zenith will be coming to both psvr and steam vr later this year so it will be coming to pc as well okay cool um the yeah. final uh, official announcement came from Vertigo Games, of course, with After the Fall. Uh, yeah. This is a game that we've talked about for a long, long time. It's oh, been in Orbis, development. Orbis VR. That Orbis VR. Well done. Yeah. Well done. That was the one. Well done, chat. Our saviors. Um, so, yeah, we've been talking about After the Fall for a long time. In fact, many of us have, been, have, have even played it um, at events. I think we've all yeah, played correct. it at this point. Yeah. Uh, early versions of it, at least. Last year, around November, Vertigo announced that they were delaying the game again um, to this year. So now they've given us give us another announcement that is coming this uh, summer, it seems. Or yeah, so coming this summer to PC uh, to PC VR and PSVR. We don't know if it's coming officially to Quest yet. It hasn't been confirmed, so we'll have to wait uh, for that. But they also said that it was coming to yet yet to be announced VR platforms. So yeah, that could well, mean that's obvious. A new quest. It could well, mean a new HTC headset. It could mean PSVR two. We since, don't know for sure. Since I was this crazy guy, and I'm sure everyone forgot about this except me, was that I said that uh, Arizona Sunshine was coming to the quest. You remember that? And people saying like I was freaking insane. Yeah. And, and you like, had to yeah, eat a head strap. Possible. I had to eat a head. Yeah, you're right. I had to eat a head strap. In the end, <laughs> you all had to eat a head strap. Just saying. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> now with this new one, I predict that that one is coming to the quest too. Okay. Um, but of course, that's that's kind of you know where they want to go with it anyway, sure. because that's where the money is next to PlayStation VR. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know really know what to think about this game. I played it at E3 in in. What was it, 2019, I remember? Mm-hmm. I played the co-op experience with one of their developers on Rift S. Back then, Rift S or PC VR was still relevant, kind yep. of. Uh, <laughs> nowadays, it's a bit different. But um, I'm sure it's still, as you said, you know, it's still coming to PC. But uh, it, it didn't feel to me like something completely wow or mind-blowing. The world looked amazing. They had some characters and things like that. But I wasn't... Yeah, it was a bit arcadey in the way you played it. Um, you could just collect all these items by just clicking and stuff, and it wasn't. Uh, yeah, it was kind of this arcade feel to it. And and the new trailer that they showed is is kind of trying to be the Left for Dead of. Uh, you know, they're really trying to. I wish they went for a trailer where they actually showed some new gameplay mechanics. Like this is what we have been working on. I mean, yeah. CGI is nice, and Vertigo has the money to do it. But if they have the money to do that, then also release an extra trailer where you show us some actual gameplay, especially if you have been gone for that long and you don't yeah. really tell us anything. Um, because this game needs some good marketing to sell, I feel like. Um, mm. If yeah. you're not familiar with this game, I should give you the deets on it. It's a four-player co-op shooter set in the frozen remains of L.A., where you'll be working together to fend off undead creatures known as the Snowbreed. And like Nathy said, um, you know, it felt very arcadey when we played it first time, but we, we did give that development that, that feedback feedback to the developers. So hopefully they, they understand where we're coming from with that. Um, and I'm sure that was the sort of criticism across the board yeah. when people played it originally. Yeah. We want a hardcore Left 4 Dead game in VR, and this is probably the closest thing we've got to it. Yes. Um, so let's hope they, they nail it with this one. Um, mm-hmm. I'm certainly excited for it still. Uh, mm-hmm. 
So that is uh, after the fall. And before we round it up with the PSVR stuff, it's also worth mentioning that aside from the official list, the developers behind Farpoint, Impulse Gear, also announced that they're working on a new VR title, although very little is known about it so far other than it's coming out later this year. Um, so yeah. Didn't, have, they, didn't they say it had something to do with Firepoint or was that just a complete rumor? The image that I've seen floating around certainly seems like it's kind of set in the same universe. Sci-fi mm. kind of... Spiders? Uh, maybe maybe sci-fi space spiders, maybe. Mm. I, think I don't like spiders. I would, I would welcome a, a sequel to Farpoint. Yeah, it was a great mind. game. I thought the, the story was pretty pretty decent. Yeah, and PSV, VR aim support as well. So. Please. Please, yeah. But yeah, it's kind of interesting that all these games are kind of heating up. Like you say, they're kind of releasing them, making sure yeah, people yeah, still still know that the, that PSVR is relevant. Uh, and obviously, I'm sure they'll all be forward compatible on the new hardware and as they're, well. They're, they're warming up their users that they already have to buy the new hardware. Because, mm. dude, I played Iron Man VR, finished the whole thing. If they tell me, listen, we remastered it and this is what we have updated, this is what you will be able to do with the new hardware. I'm like, fuck it, I play it again. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah on, on a next-gen headset, totally. Static too. Like, uh, oh, we can, you yeah. can play Static now with our new uh, controller. Sure, I'll try it again, you know? Yes, please. No yeah, more yeah. Static from Tarsia Studios. I'd love yeah, that. Hell, yeah. um, so to round up the news, uh, I think we should have a little chat about The Climb 2, our thoughts on it. I think Nathan and I are the only two that played it this week. Am I right? Correct. Are I you thought a fan I saw of... Alex climb around you know, on the skyscraper <laughs> somewhere in Dubai. Wasn't it you? No? No. Have, have you played the original climb, Alex? I haven't. I have seen your videos about it, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the Climb 2 launched this week, uh, which is obviously the direct sequel for the original climb from Crytek. Um, Nathan and I played it. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. you should go... Do you want to dive into your thoughts? We won't, I mean, we won't dwell on this too much. You want. Okay, sure. So yeah. l- let's just start with the visuals, because um, in terms of gameplay mechanics, it's pretty much the same as the original game with some minor tweaks right uh they some more physics yeah yeah the the in terms of like the grip stamina and everything else that's the same so you'll be familiar with it if you play the original game although Mm. the chalking mechanics have been uh they're much snappier they're much speedier you can chalk much easier to to kind of regain your stamina which is a a nice little touch it does feel it does make the gameplay feel a bit easier though i don't know if you agree with that yeah Um, i agree yeah. The, the original game certainly felt more challenging to me. And when Nathan mm. and I spoke about it earlier this week, we weren't quite sure whether it was just because we were familiar with the original game or just yeah. the, second, the second one felt a easier. A combination of the two, I guess. I think so. I think so. Um, in addition to um, some of these minor tweaks, you've also got two new environments. You've got the north and the city, which um, go alongside the bay, alps and canyon environments, which are lifted from the original game. Although they've not been directly lifted, they're not exactly the same levels. The environments have been tweaked and there are some new kind of interactive elements embedded in the levels. So you've got like yeah. ropes, ladders, slides, yeah. snakes, which, which bite you. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 uh, like every map feels more alive and yeah. there are more quick time events. Something that the climb one also had, but was rare to happen, you know, because I'm sure they were back then not sure if they wanted to introduce people who are new to VR to that kind of stuff. Now they seem to be more, you know, confident about that. So yeah, the worlds itself look more alive. There's more to see, there's more to do. So on the side of like looking around, like the atmosphere and stuff, they nailed it. It's amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's yeah. definitely one of the, the better-looking games on, on Quest 2, although every now and again I would notice some pop-in textures. Yeah, they um, went a little bit too excited with how much they could do. I think they <laughs> pulled a little bit too far in terms of... Mm. But again, this is this was originally 
a PC VR game and not a Quest game. So well, that's, it's, it sounds like something that low spec gamer should be able to fix, right? We will see. He just deletes the buildings. He deletes everything yep. in the world itself, you know? So it would just be it. a potato. He would be climbing a potato <laughs> by the end of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, despite despite the minor issues with some textures, although I think they'll yeah, fix that. Uh, I didn't quickly. like them. They're not you know game breaking. No. But uh, when you compare the original game and the new one side by side, you can really tell the amount of effort uh, you know they've put into these new environments, fleshing them out with with yeah. wildlife and, and detail. They 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 do look really nice. True. Um, so so really, in terms of gameplay, like we said, there's not much different from the original game. You've got new environments. You've got slightly tweaked mechanics. You've also got this asynchronous multiplayer mode where you can race your friends' uh, times and time set on the leaderboards. But with... it was uh, on the climb one as well. It was, right? yeah, and you'll see yeah, like the kind of ghost... Because people talk about it now like it's a new feature. It's the no, same it's thing. not a new feature, yeah. No, it's not new. You, you'll see the ghost hands of these yeah, uh, exactly. players in your yeah. game, but you won't be able to like climb with a friend. And um, I think, you know, seeing a lot of the reviews, Nathie's reviews, other people's reviews out there, I think the biggest criticism of the game is the fact that there was little innovation in terms of like anything new, anything really exciting, or like a co-op climbing mode. And I think that's pretty much what everyone said when they yeah. were reviewing the game. That that's what they would have wanted, right? Because you know, any any VR game experience is really fun on your own, but when you add a friend to the mix, it just makes it even better, like 10x better. And I think well, you know yeah, something yeah. like that. Climbing with a friend, chatting at the same time, mm. racing each other, having moments where maybe they had to jump off a ledge and grab your hand, yeah, and you had to pull exactly. them up. It would have been just so epic. But that, that, that's 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 the thing. Um, if you then make the same, then add something new, so you can sell it. Like they're now selling it for a full price again of like yeah. thirty dollars, and there's nothing really new mm. in terms of mechanics. Yeah. That's where they could have, like thirty bucks for me is okay. Same game, but then with a with a co-op experience with it. You know. Yeah. Uh, to me, the climb to didn't feel like a new game, a sequel. This was more DLC content. Uh, than One, anything 1. else. 1.5 version. Yeah, they could have just sold this. Uh, but of course, if you slap a 2 on it, it sells better because people think it's a brand new game. And they were hyping up this game so much with the city levels mm -hmm. that because that was the only thing they were really thriving on. The rest didn't show up anywhere. I think the North had a lot of potential to also be marketed. Yeah. Uh, but, but they only went for the city. But then after the city and the other one you played, then you're like... Okay, so what's really new then? Um, so I would say if you are, if you play the climb one, and you are you want to buy the climb two, you might want to get it. Just watch some gameplay, watch some videos, see what you think about it. If, if it really feels new to you, you're like, okay, let me get it. But yeah, I would definitely inform yourself. And if you are completely new, of course, don't buy the climb one, buy the climb two. Uh, yeah. Don't bother about the first one. You wouldn't want to buy both, even if there was a bundle. You yeah. wouldn't be buying and both of them. There is a bundle. I think it's like 30% off both yeah, games in a bundle that's... until the 12th of March. Uh, I, but I, I totally agree with what you say. Like, you know, skip the first one, go straight to the second one because it is better in most ways. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. And last but not least, I know we rant about this more, but when I played this on Quest, I was like, I, I, I wish I played this on the PC first. Yes. I really did. I really yeah. did. Even that, I was like, wow, this runs on the Quest. It's blowing my mind. How is this possible? But mm -hmm. I like they uploaded this trailer with Red Bull and they showed like gameplay from PC. 
my god it looked awesome. amazing yeah. pleasure but for the eyeballs especially because like, like it was a little bit like especially because it comes from crytek it was a little bit like the crisis of vr for like mm -hmm. a, a while like you know like you would yeah. test the you know like whether you you could run like a lot of vr games because it was just so heavy on like the amount of textures that they were using and stuff so it was it was such a heavy game to be running on a vr headset yeah. the original client it, it feels a little bit of a shame that you don't have that high-end experience in the climb too well, yeah. and, and, and all the trailers were all, they didn't show any quests. So even Crytek knew that it just didn't look that great on Quest. But then they mm -hmm. still showed, because Crytek is all about the high-end stuff. For them, mm -hmm. Quest is nice, but that's not their end goal, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. I, I'm still hopeful it will arrive, because if you see the trailers, it's there. Why would you just use that for marketing purposes only? Um, but I, I think it's a shame we're now at the point where... Oculus Quest gets a release and no one is asking questions anymore about PC VR, you know? Mm -hmm. They used to have, like, both releases. You can now play on Rift and Quest, but Oculus doesn't even want to bother anymore to put Rift at the end of a trailer saying it's coming out, you know? Yeah, no, you're right. And, yeah. and, 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 and there's still a lot of PC users who are willing to play this, mm. but, yeah, they don't care. They don't care. It's a shame, yeah. They really don't care. You are right, because this is the third big game from them that skipped the PC platform completely. You had this, you had Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge, and you also had Jurassic World Aftermath. So you're yeah. right, you know, if you're if you're yeah. a Rift owner, you're probably like pretty upset right now that you're they missing out. They abandoned the yeah. Oculus Rift store. They they yeah. don't put it there anymore. So, yeah. Uh Sheps in the chat says Mobile Master Race. <laughs> yeah, Mobile Master Race, that's it. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. No, but it, it it's super sad. I mean, yeah. especially with a game like The Climb, you know, like I like I personally don't mind that I didn't play Jurassic World not on a PC VR headset, but there yeah. should still be different releases um and and now it's kind of getting locked away from us to a certain point and then they yeah. might release it later on who knows but yeah, yeah I know, I know. i'm totally sure crytek wants to release it i'm sure they want to release it on pc and i hope they do i hope they do yeah. but to kind of summarize our thoughts on it and i think we both uh, feel the same way about it is that it is just more of the same that's not necessarily a bad thing no. if you enjoyed the first one you'll enjoy the second one if you haven't played the first no. one go for the second one it's... but check out gameplay first because some people yeah. are saying it's not as action-packed as they'd probably want it to be which i think is fair it's a climbing think, game after all i think what you said before like uh, you know for new consumers this is amazing and uh, with the hardware when we spoke about quest 2 when it came out and also the way we have seen oculus introduce new features it's a bit of a step back we have to kind of we reset it a little bit from pc vr we went standalone and i think with games you kind of see that too because this game is is in my opinion made for uh, people who are new to VR to excite yeah. them about VR and not necessarily us who played the first climb. I think mm -hmm. they had this thing in their minds. People don't know what the climb one is. They never played it. They just see the two. I need to buy the two. That's it. Yeah. Same That's like fair. an iPhone. Well, yeah. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so, that, so that is all the news uh, this week. Uh, we've covered a few bits and pieces there. So now let's uh, talk to our guest, Alex from Low Spec Gamer. If you're not familiar with his work, he has an excellent YouTube channel where he covers interesting tech and also shows gamers how to play the latest and greatest PC games such as Cyberpunk 2077 and uh, Doom Eternal on Low Spec Systems. So if you're kind of sitting in that market where you've got a low-end PC but you want to play high-end games, go check out his channel. Uh, also, if you've got any questions for us or Alex, then drop them in the chat now and we can read out some of them at the end of the segment before we get into releases for next week. But maybe we should just kick things off, Alex, and maybe just start about how you got into VR, because obviously you're you're very interested in tech in general. Correct. Um, so how did you get into VR, and what was the kind of first headset that kind of brought you into 
virtual reality? So my interest in virtual reality started mostly from a technical level in the sense that uh, uh, from the outside looking in, the VR had such a well-gained reputation for being something that requires such a high-end PC for a lot of reasons that it obviously made it interesting for me to explore just what was the real minimum requirement for a lot of the stuff out there. And mm -hmm. after going through the issues with, uh, well, the issue at, at that moment was acquisition cost. It was risky to be like, hey, I'm going to spend, this was a long time ago, to spend like $600, $700 on a, on a headset just for one video to explore about it. So what actually ended up happening is um, a lot of people were suggesting me the old Windows Mixed Reality headsets. And during mm -hmm. a trip to the U.S., it was for a Bitcoin. Yeah, it was for it was for a Bitcoin U.S. in, in uh, California. I bought one of those in Amazon U.S. and had it shipped to the hotel. And what ended up happening is that I, I spent hours that should have been Bitcoin hours just playing with that damn thing in my hotel room. <laughs> But because I was blown away by just how it immediately just kind of worked. And since then, it became not just a test, but it, I became fascinated by the idea of exploring just the accessibility of it. Because I started realizing that for a lot of stuff out there, the, the, the barrier, it was, it's easier to technically get into VR than I thought it was. In fact, I'm a mm -hmm. little bit surprised that when you were mentioning uh, games that I have covered in terms of video, you didn't mention Half-Life Alex because that's, in mm -hmm. fact, one of my favorite... It, it, that was an experience to record that video. And it's one of my favorite videos that I have put out, particularly because I was surprised at just how uh, performance-friendly that game is. I think the minimal requirements mm -hmm. of it is like a GTX 1060, which is... Uh, it's a GPU that's going to give you issues with, like, games, AAA normal games that are coming right now, and it can perfectly run that VR game. So, um, so from that level, it was just the idea of trying to see what was the easiest way to get in. And of course, since those days, things have changed a lot. A lot of headsets have come and gone, and, and now it's a, an Oculus-dominated world, or an Oculus Quest-dominated world, to be more specific. And that brings with it its own set of issues. And it's, I guess it's interesting to me just seeing always VR being like in the in the border of being this thing that everyone's like oh this is this is the year it's going to go mainstream and it's always like this year <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's almost there always and that's something that is fascinating for me to to wonder why what what are the barriers for acquisition for people doing that and every year i think i have a better idea of why that is and every year i think it's even closer than it was before yeah, and it's kind of interesting you mentioned about your Half-Life Alex video, like playing it on low spec settings, because I did watch it actually, and I never realized that the zombies could be even more terrifying when they look so low poly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's kind of crazy, really. Um, but that, but I think that's great as well. And have you ever considered doing more videos like that for, for other VR games, like maybe Medal of Honor, which is also a super high-end VR yeah. title? I had. The, the thing is, there's... There's a lack of intersection of stuff that people then tradi intra more traditional gaming are interested in and mm -hmm. things that are currently in VR. So one, <clears throat> one thing that I keep telling people over and over again when people ask, oh, why aren't more people jumping into VR? 
is that as much as I dislike it, a lot of big names matter. Medal of Honor might be a slight exception because it's a more mainstream name out there, but it's not mm-hmm. as big a, as something that might turn the tide. Um, yeah. But uh, did you... Oh, God, what was the name of that book? Did you read The the History of the Future? I did, yeah, from yeah, by J. Harris. Yeah, in fact, I think you yeah. recommended that book to me. Yeah, yeah did, you did. Yeah. You absolutely did. So in... In that book, there is um, a section in the early story about Oculus where they're struggling to get developers because developers were trying to figure out if to do stuff for Oculus or or do stuff for the Ouya console, which is a super funny story in retrospective. But yeah. it's interesting because I remember when the Ouya was making the rounds online. It was huge. It, it was huge. And more importantly, I think they did a survey where they were like, oh, what games would you be interested to, to, to see there? And they were marketing the whole thing as like an indie game box. And yet I remember seeing that quest, in, that, that um, poll in real time and remembering mm-hmm. that the first results were people posting stuff like Mass Effect, Call of Duty, Assassin's Creed. And my point mm-hmm. with that being is that people sort of expect to see those recognizable names in, in, in order to justify the pain of going in. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, the, the Oculus Quest 2 has been tremendously successful, but it, simply because of the price point. But uh, a lot of the reason why a lot of people might not even be jumping at that price point is because, you know, you, you surf through the store and you don't see a lot of things that immediately catch your eye unless you're an existing VR player. Um, mm-hmm. And they know this, which is why on the box of you, you see like Star Wars stuff or stuff that tries to be as recognizable as possible. Um, but that's that's sort of a, of a you know chicken and egg issue, right? A lot of traditional yeah. AAA developers are not going to going to be willing to risk until there's more people, and maybe there's no more people, and where more people are willing to risk it. So you know, it it's a never ending cycle, which is a shame because like the with stuff with stuff like the Quest Two, it's it's so close. The mm. the one game that I regret not finding a way to make a video yet which I will count as a VR game, will be Star Wars Squadrons. Because yes. I I, tr- I started that game just traditionally with a controller. And then I read that I had VR support. And I just, I have it somewhere here, but I, I bought the freaking flying stick. I found a good sale on one. The hotel. I yeah. yeah, I connected that. I put on my, my Windows Mixed Reality headset and I tried it for 10 minutes. And it's like, okay, I'm never going to go play this game in non-VR mode ever again. It's, it's, this yeah. is a VR game masquerading as something else, but this is a VR game. You're totally yeah. right, yeah. Uh, and it's beautiful, and that's a Star Wars very high-profile game. Like, yeah. it, it, more mm-hmm. of that yeah. will be kind of needed. And, and, and the funny part is, with that game, VR was more of an extra yeah. than really the main thing. Well, in the end, there are more people now playing it in VR than people are playing it in a, in, on a pancake screen. So it shows that, in a case of that game, VR is the way to go. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a game that yeah. on this from a design perspective, it's just so mm. much better to play on VR. It's it's not like just a wow effect. It's like literally the premier way to play the game. Yeah. And I saw your video when you were saying the same thing about non-recognizable big brand names like on the store, but you ended up finding games like Vader Immortal as well and also Pistol Whip, which you said in your video became like a a little bit of a favorite of yours. Yeah. Um 
Did you ever? So, so now that you've got the Quest Two, do you find yourself trying to convince other gamers to get to get on board with VR? Like, do you find sho- yourself like shoving a headset on someone and saying, "Look, you need to try this. This is game changer." Yes, but uh, partially, mostly because the headset is so quick to set up, and mm-hmm. and this is something that I think gets lost when you are not a super enthusiast of a thing. Because if you're if you're super into an, a specific industry, you don't mind going through some issues of setup just to get the cool thing working. But if you're yeah. only getting into a thing initially and you don't have a lot of time, like setup time matters. And when I when I made the at, at the start of this podcast, when I made the whole uh, comment about my girlfriend using my Quest Two. The I think the reason why well, that works, and I think it's a testament to the to whatever the heck Oculus is with that thing, is that you put it on, you set it up in five minutes, and you're playing, and that's impressive yeah. to me. And when I show it, when I when I take it with mm. me and I show it to my parents or friends or whatever, I usually do it from like an idle state because I know they're going to be able to set it up and start playing immediately, and that's I think that was the biggest barrier of entry mm. and the thing that most standalone uh, headsets or just headsets in general coming along are going to have to compete with, which is the ease of setup, which is why I mentioned the PlayStation VR thing. Like I, I want yeah. desperately if for it to be a plug and play thing that I can just set it mm. up whenever I want to play in my living room and be playing immediately. Yeah, like the rumor is well, what they stated on their initial blog with the, the PSVR 2 is that it will be a single conne- a connection, a wide connection to the PS5. Oh, that's, God, that's please. Yes. So it's likely going to be USB-C, uh, just single connection. That's the, that's what I anticipate anyway. Makes sense, yeah. Yeah, but it's kind of interesting to see your thoughts on it because, like, I think you know you're not, you're more sort of ingrained on the traditional gaming side. Obviously, you create content for the traditional gaming side as well. When you when you post these videos, um, you know about VR because obviously it is something that interests you. What is the sort of general reaction from your audience? Are they sort of positive or negative? Because certainly from uh, our perspective, in what I would call like the VR bubble, you know, we're very ingrained in this industry. It's very difficult for us to get a perspective from outside it. Particularly around the launch of Half Life, Alex, you know, you would see like IGN post a video like this is the new trailer for Half Half Life, Alex. A quarter of the comments would be like, "This looks amazing. I can't wait to try this in VR." The rest would be like, why is this in VR? I hate VR. You suck, Gabe. Why didn't you bring this game to traditional gamers? You ruined our life. <laughs> Honestly, I've never felt so threatened before <laughs> in the VR scene than when Half-Life Alex got announced, man. Yeah, that's, that's a great example, yeah. I think, because, well, I mean, if, if Half-Life Alex had been a game that require a $200, that, that could have worked potentially worldwide with a $200 headset, I think the reaction mm. might have been better. But since a lot of people mm. were like, oh, you, you, in order to really play it, you need the super expensive $1,000 index, which, by the way, didn't really turn out. Like, I, I all my time, I haven't used my Quest 2 to play Half-Life Alex. Now that I think about it, I should try that. But my all my playthrough of it was with my extremely cheap Windows Mixed Reality. And it did fine. It was a great experience. And and especially because Valve has that reputation as well of like, for example, they use like Half-Life to uh, launch Steam mm-hmm. or like uh, to launch like new, like I remember back in the day when it came out, like if you didn't have like the, the high-end graphics card, which also runs up, you know, your cost tremendously, then you just couldn't play the game either. So yeah. Valve has always been that kind of company to kind of push that boundary a little bit further, whether it being like PC technology or being now VR technology. Exactly, which it's it was interesting because on this 
I think the message, maybe it's the marketing message, maybe it's just the, the discussion in online circles kind of got lost in the noise for Half-Life Alex, because since they mm. have the reputation, the perception a lot of people had was, oh, you need a really powerful PC and you need one of these fancy headsets to play it. And again, part of what I was trying to, to go out and do in that video is like, not really. Like, if you look at the minimal mm. requirements of it, most gaming PCs in the last five or six years are probably going to run it okay. And even the most basic headset is probably going to run it okay as well. So they, but I think that, of, of course, it, it's on Valve's best interest to sell as many index sets as possible. But it, I think that this course could have been better if if this... Yeah. If the fact that the game was so accessible in a wide array of systems had been in the forefront of the narrative from the start, rather than you need all this PC Master Race mm. stuff. Uh, not yeah, yeah, because, I mean, they did a great job on making all the headsets run on this uh, system. I think Mixed Reality was the last one they worked on, and they, uh, like, fine-tuned that. So every headset you use for that game just works on its own way in its unique way. Uh, but... Also, the problem is, as a consumer, if you were Googling, hey, I want to get a headset, and you first got this this, this whole like machine of, oh, hey, you need a Valve Index, you need a Valve Index. People on the Steam first like, oh, yeah, Valve Index, because Valve makes game, Valve makes headset, I need to play. Mm -hmm. yeah. that, that's the combination. And as a consumer, you can completely get lost in what PC VR headset should I use. And then, you know, uh, on your channel, people who are consumers can then find out about that i think in the vr scene we are so much about well i mean valve index man this is like the must like this this is it right mm -hmm. but then outside of that uh, it was hard to really find the information on how can i play this the cheapest way but then still have a great time you know yeah, yeah. in fact i think ironically it seems that vr is moving to a space where the low end which is quest 2 it's sort of becoming the dominant platform, which is extraordinarily yeah. ironic, which mm -hmm. I think ironically might work. In fact, I just saw a comment in the in the chat, uh, which I see very typically, especially in my videos, which is minimal requirements is not the way one should experience VR, which I... Uh, spoiler alert, I disagree <laughs> with it. <laughs> I'm the low spec gamer. <laughs> that's not much of a surprise. <laughs> but um, in... For games maybe like The Climb 2 that you were mentioning, which are games that mm -hmm. are made for eye candy, which are made, it's it's a cry engine game, maybe differently. But for games like Half-Life Alex, which I will argue are a lot more about the mood and the experience that they are about the graphics themselves, and just the graphics are a vehicle for that experience, uh, I, I think for uh, a lot of the interesting stuff on VR, what matters is being able to touch the stuff, being able to manipulate the world around you. Mm -hmm. And if you can pull that in graphics that look like Pistol Whip, then great. Uh, which seems to be the thing that's going to happen more and more, simply because like looking at what's happening with the Climb 2, I think Quest 2 is just, it looks from the outside that is dominating the market so thoroughly that for a lot of developers, they see the numbers and they're like, eh, we're not even going to bother to to like polish yeah. something for PC because it's going to bring more yeah, exactly. work than exactly. revenue. You're totally right. And we don't, although we don't have official numbers on on Quest 2 sales, you know, the, the indications are in the, the millions. Um, but also like connecting them to Steam, you know, like you said, you know, to play PC VR content. And I think the Steam numbers from the latest Steam VR hardware uh, survey was 20% of all Steam Shh. VR users are using a Quest 2. That's insane. Yeah. That's but, um, 
as, as as you said, like you have been using mixed reality a lot. Would you still recommend a mixed reality headset now to people um, who want to get into PC VR? Depends on the price of a Quest 2 in whatever country's person is checking. Mm -hmm. If you find it for like half the price of a Quest 2, I would say go for it. If you're finding it for close to the price of a Quest 2, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and that's interesting because, you know, obviously um, having seen your video, you know, you got the concerns about the Facebook logging requirement. And it's something that we talked about as well uh, before the show even started. And I think it's one of those things that, you know, from the enthusiast perspective, you know, those ingrained in the VR community in this VR bubble, I would say, a lot of people were obviously upset about the Facebook integration, but when it sort of released, it transpired that a lot of the wider sort of gaming community and, and wider community than that just didn't really care and they were just happy to roll with it. Yeah, I mean, the, there's a price to pay for that le for that cost, for that entry cost. And as much as a, a lot of the enthusiast people in anything that has to do with technology are wary of logging into anything with Facebook, Facebook is still like a platform that is used by millions of people who don't care about posting their whole lives there. So it's it's not like it's a dark web website, even if arguably it could be worse. But the the point, yeah, it's the mark. Most of the market probably doesn't care as much as we do, which is mm -hmm. a shame. And this is why I really, really, really hope console VR starts to catch up because that could be like the middle ground that we so desperately need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and maybe with HTC doing something, you know, and although like we discussed earlier, it might be a more expensive headset, that lack of uh, requirement of a, a social platform to log into it with might be attractive enough to spend that extra $100, $200 yeah to use that headset instead right it, it might be for a very specific enthusiast market but for yeah. mass market eh, it's it's a hard sell yeah yeah so other than uh, pistol whip what are your other favorite games that you would you would uh, enjoy on your quest to any other things that you've really enjoyed uh, i will have to boot it up to check but uh, i used to play a lot of beat saber just as, a, as an exercise activity <laughs> i curiously enough i started vader immortal and I really like the first chapter, mm. and this I kind of lost myself in the second chapter. Uh, it's mm -hmm. a lot of a lot of games of that category have a lot of the the feeling of being so linear that you yeah, don't exactly. quite engage with them in ways that you yeah. want. But yeah. it's not like it's not really for the gamer, right? Yeah, it's more it, it, for does, the it doesn't who feel like want a full to game. be a gamer from time to time. Yeah, yeah it feels yeah. too much as as an interactive experience rather than. That, yeah, that, yeah. than what you expect from something you're paying game money to play. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I uh, I was pleasantly surprised by what's the name of the multiplayer one that comes free? Echo VR, I think. Echo Arena? Yeah. 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 Gorilla Echo Arena, yeah. Gorilla. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was totally pleasantly okay. surprised by it. <laughs> Not only because uh, I, did, I wouldn't think like a multiplayer VR experience would work that well, uh, initially, but also because of the tactile that um, pro all of you are probably used to it at this point, but I still have issues with smooth locomotion. Like it still makes me motion sick. And I know it's a thing okay. that you sort of improve upon. Um, mm -hmm. I, I played the um, Half-Life Alex the entirety of it with teleport. I just couldn't handle it, the, the smooth locomotion. Okay. Um, and I think EcoVR was the first game that actually helped me a little bit get that a little bit better because since you're using your hands to grasp stuff and move, this sort of tactile feedback made it better, at least for me. 
Um, but it's it's tricky. I definitely should spend more time with it. It's I have spent the last two months moving, so that probably has affected mm. my ability to play VR games. True. Um, but I, I'm. I've got interest. Sorry, go on. But I'm already trying to keep an eye on news of more stuff imported. I have been meaning to play the freaking Pistol Web campaign since they announced that, that that campaign was released for a million so years. Good. Is, is it any good? It's so good. Oh, God. Yes, yeah. it's very I good. I need to get into yeah, it. And, it and, and it's free. It won't take you very long to finish it, but you'll have a great time doing it, especially if you like 80s action movies. You'll, mm. you'll love it. Loads of references <laughs> to that so, kind of stuff. So, so what kind of like locomotion method do you think would be a great solution for a more mainstream audience? I think more, a lot of people are just going to have to get started on teleport until people get used to it. So thinking about it this way, it comes with... Um, there's this concept of gaming that people call gaming literacy. And as gamers have become more mainstream and they have more gotten used to certain things in games, games take less yeah. time explaining things. To put an example, if you mm. play a game from the GameCube or Nintendo 64 era, every game is going to explain how the camera works. Ma jump no. to the future and you play Breath of the Wild, which, you know, Nintendo yeah, has yeah. a tendency to over-explain everything. And it doesn't really stop to explain how a 3D camera works because it's already part of the gaming literacy. It's, a, it's an assumed mm. thing that people already understand how a 3D camera works. I think it's going to yeah. be a little bit with that on VR. When you boot VR for the first time, it's like, oh, you know, this is how you teleport, this is how you do your thing, and you try smooth locomotion and you get motion sick. And But jump a few years into the future where more people uh, have gotten used to the idea of smooth locomotion, and I think it's going to become mm. the standard. It just requires a higher level of literacy among just the gaming public in general. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So, so what would you say, in your opinion, is the biggest sort of uh, problem with VR right now? Um, you know, you, you mentioned lack of recognizable content uh, on, on the platform, which is something, you know, I think they're, they're trying to address, obviously, like you say, with the Star Wars games, and etc. Any other big problems in the industry that you think, are, are, you know, could, could make it better for, for newcomers coming on board? So uh, I think the lack of recognizable titles is just part of a bigger problem, which is, to me is the problem, which is the, the barrier the generalized barrier of entry. So when I usually, in my video, and um, videos that I make in the past, I still always say like, oh, you know, $400, or it's fantastic for what it is, or whatever price point is at this point, but it's still too much for a consume, for a casual consumer to jump in. And usually the reaction that, um, that I get from people online is like, you know, people spend more on an iPhone every year. Like it's not really that much money, but the, the difference there is that if you buy a new phone from day zero, you know what you're going to do with that phone. And you know you're going to be mm -hmm. all day with that freaking phone. Like, there's no surprises there. While for a lot of people, it's like, hey, I might buy this VR headset, but I have no clue if I'm going to play it for 10 minutes or 10 years. Like, it's, it's a gamble. And to mm -hmm. overcome that barrier of entry... Uh, the cost either needs to be low enough that you that people are willing to take the risk and if it doesn't work it's no biggie or the experiences of others they know and the experiences that they have heard are waiting on them on the other side are high enough that they are willing to do it to uh, to mm. just jump and know it that it's going to be fine and yeah. when yeah. you still search news of PR, it's that way. There's still issues about people thinking that they're going to get motion sick. That's that's why I keep mentioning the recognizable titles because if there's something that is big enough on the other side, 
more people are willing to get the ball rolling and eventually when more people are used to seeing their friends on VR, it, it becomes it becomes less of an emotional cost to engage into it because the devices are sort of really cheap enough for most people to get into it. Right now, the real cost mm-hmm. is emotional. It's this, this idea that you don't know if it's going to be a waste purchase. Um, so it, it just requires the right combination of titles and the right combination of audiences to overcome that emotional boundary and just get people started on it. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things we've talked about for a long time is, you know, making video content around VR, you know, you can only show so much uh, on a flat video. And one of the things with VR is you really have to try it. And it's like that moment that you had when you you had the Windows MR headset delivered to the hotel and next thing you know, you're stuck in there hours when you should be preparing for something else because you've had this wow moment, you know, your mind has been blown, you finally understand mm. And even though you may have seen many videos about it before, you finally understand that clicks in your mind, oh, this is what VR is all about. And I think the problem is, and especially now in, in an age of COVID, it's so difficult to demo VR to people and get them to try it. And I think trying to convince people, you know, you need to try it, you need to jump on board with that $300 price tag is a difficult sell. And I think you're probably hitting the nail on the head with more recognizable content that they can say, oh, this is Call of Duty, but in VR. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily have that right now. I don't think. Yeah, the, it's uh, it's I'll... getting there because the the design. I it's it's easy to lose perspective, but if you look at VR games, five years were there even VR games five years in the past? I might have gone too yeah, far. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. if you look at more earlier VR games from a design perspective, developers were still figuring out this thing. And if you play VR games right now, it's very obvious that they started to figure out just design conventions that make it work. That's, I think, Mm -hmm. why I was excited from an industry level uh, for Half-Life Alex because I wanted everyone to copy the hell out of that game. Because that game Mm. did a lot of things from a design perspective that just make the art work. And it's not just the impact of the game, but I just wanted every indie to just take notes on it. To be like what Super Mario 64 did for 3D games, which everyone was like, ah, so that's a a way Mm. to do it that kind of works. And just everyone copies that model. Yeah, I totally get your point because, and I think you mentioned this in your video as well, that it's kind of like an indie market right now. And I think that is great for indie developers because I think it's a great opportunity for them to shine. And we've certainly seen that, particularly on the Quest platform with uh, many developers making millions in revenue now, which is great for the industry and great for them. Um, So yeah, like, you know... I, forgot, I lost my track of thought where I was going with that, but... Um, yeah, but it needs involvement from the big guys eventually in order yeah, to attract right. the big marketing yeah. money. Yes, Yes, but but I I still think that like sometimes you see big guys step in. Sometimes it goes really well, but sometimes it also goes completely wrong. Where they have the IP, like for example, Medal of Honor, I thought was an okay-ish game, but some indies have made better shooters, you know, <laughs> That's the made problem, better isn't mechanics, uh, know how to do it. Um, but it's of course the bigger studios. They have investors that they have to satisfy. They have of course. Uh, for example, that was with Oculus. They paid them to make a game, so they have a certain idea of what they want. So it, it gets, you know, like indies are kind of free to a certain degree to kind of do what they want to do. Um, but it, but does, yeah. it does feel like you have like more and more studios like kind of stepping in. We have like, you know, the, the Assassin's Creed games that are being made. We have uh, uh, Ubisoft has stepped in a couple of times already. Uh, we have Rockstar that might actually be, you know, making something new as well. And they've already done L.A. Noir in, in, in VR yeah. as well. So, you know, yeah. you have those like, I mean, it's of course, it's a, gra- it's a gradual process. Nobody is going to, you know, step in like, you know, head first and see whatever happens. Because, of course, you know, they have, you know, quota to meet. 
Uh, but you know, you see this happening, and you know, Crytek has been one of those studios who's actually been doing it from the beginning, testing mm. out small things. Uh, Ubisoft has done that as well with like, you know, was it Eagle Flight? You know, that's one of those games that I believe was from Ubisoft. Mm. Uh, so you have those like studios like stepping in, you know, dipping their toes in the water, seeing what happens. We've seen it with, with Resident Evil, where you have those like big games that get like a VR mode. Uh, Star Wars Squadrons had that as well. Um, you know, th- th- I think that's a right strategy for a lot of business yeah. just to see, you know, how popular is this? What are the numbers on this? Get some data on that and then see what works and see what doesn't work. And then, then indeed, like, let the indies figure it out. Like, we, we all, we, we had a great conversation with, with Denny from, uh, from, um, Cloudhead Games, which is one of the mm-hmm. probably the first developers ever to you know to start experimenting in VR, and a lot of the things that he's done, like I'm I'm 100 sure that a lot of developers said like, oh now I get it, now I need to do it like this. Big developers, small developers, all, but it's like it's always going to be the indies who's going to be you know pushing the frontier a little bit, you know, testing out things that work and things that don't. Yeah, mm. yeah, and yeah, and too. what I what I'm really hoping for, at least for for the near future is that a lot of that expertise can be exported in the sense that if Ubisoft comes and they want to, hey, let's do an Assassin's Creed game in VR, and they get their usual design teams and they're trying to figure out how to get the formula working on VR, that's not going to work as well as if they go to an existing indie studio with proven experience in VR and they're like, mm-hmm. here, yeah. we, we can yeah. maybe license yeah. Assassin's Creed to you and then you know how VR works, maybe come up with a concept for, rather than mm-hmm. trying yeah. to adapt something else. Well, I mean, that, that's, happen- that, that's what happened to, uh, you know, Doom uh, 3. You know, they let someone who has the experience make the part. And while, well, you know, Bethesda tried to make Doom VFR, yeah. But that wasn't really Doom. It, it it looked like Doom, but it didn't really play like Doom. And this, what they now made, actually looks and plays like Doom. So yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Like combine that or maybe have, you know, the, the existing team work with a VR team and let them. Because as you said, like having to start from scratch to like think like, how does VR work? You can get the wrong idea and totally make something that doesn't work. And especially with an Assassin's Creed or a Splinter Cell, where there are certain mechanics that make those games so classic. You just want to nail yeah, those. They, it comes yeah. with risk, obviously. But I, I imagine a lot of indie studios work with budgets that are <laughs> considerably smaller than what AAA mm-hmm. in yeah, console yeah, yeah. games get. Uh, assign them a small budget, license them, de- developing, developing to them. Let Because I think the problem with what they have seen, um, and I'm thinking maybe on, on Star Wars and stuff like that, is if you get... Um, experienced VR developers, but you still give them the concept of what they're they're going to do, it's not going to work because VR is so different from a design perspective that it just doesn't adapt. If you give them the license and then you let the developer team come up with the concept of how to use that license, I I think it's, I'm really hoping that it just happens once and someone nails it and it it becomes a gold rush Mm. and everyone tries to do the same because Mm. that's... uh, no, that's how usually t- it tends to work. Well, especially if they get the creative freedom, because we have seen so many examples. Like the, the Jurassic World game is a great example from CodeSync. I mean, you have the IP, you have all those movies, you have all those other games that came out, but then you see they're kind of restricted in what they can do because the IP they get doesn't come with just the IP, but also okay, but you're only allowed to do this, or we already have an idea. Yeah, exactly. This idea comes from people who have never tried VR before, you know. Well, someone who tried VR would say, "Oh, I want to get chased by a T-Rex because that's what I saw in the movie, and that's that one game that I once played," you know. Mm-hmm. And, and the studio that I think really gets that is again, it comes it comes to Valve. 
Uh, if you see like what Valve has done for Half-Life Alex and the implementation of like, you know, their, their finger models, uh, they uh, they hired Zulubo, which is uh, someone who's uh, made a, a VR game by yeah. himself, pretty much, uh, made, Vertigo ga- made, made Vertigo, and, uh, you know, it, it was a huge, huge success, and Valve recognized that kind of talent and uh, brought yeah. them on board in order to work on an aspect at least that got implemented yeah. into... Half-Life Alex, which I think is a great tactic that you see like these like big studios, you know, hiring a, 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 a VR dev studio or an indie st- or an indie person like working on the working on VR for quite a while who understands a certain aspect, and uh, let let that collaboration start. Yeah, I think the problem with Valve is though that as we know is they do they do things on their own time scale. You know, <laughs> of course, they, like of when when will we will see a next VR game from them? I have no idea. Yeah, and they and 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 uh, you know, Half Life Alex wasn't necessarily for them uh, to just sell. It was just to show that they know how to make games. They wanted to make the most high end experience that was out there. And well, regardless, there, like you know, it, it pushed the industry again. Oh, like yeah. uh, the the kind of tech that they show like in, yeah. in VR and interaction and, and hand models and all of that I stuff. I mean, they created a game that could that could launch in like, let's say 2025 and still mm-hmm. be the next level VR game we were all waiting for. So they, they, they were not. ahead of their time, you know? <laughs> but it's like, it's like the analogy that, that Alex gave about making the Mario 64 that changes the game. I think that is what yeah. Half-Life Alex yeah. is, but we just haven't seen the succession of that just yet. I'm sure it'll no. come in time, but you know, yeah. it's just a question so, of time. So Alex, do you have any tips for people who want to keep their frame rates high and their temperatures low in terms of VR? I mean, is there some tricks that you learn that are easy to get into? And it's like, okay, this is just a one uh, mistake that so, people want to make. Oh, wow, it's it's hard to synthesize it on just one thing. But mm. uh, what I will say is, oof, this might be controversial, but f- finding ways of locking your frame rates in your headset works very well. Um, in the... Okay. I can't remember what was the refresh rate in the Windows Mixed Reality that I have, but I remember that if you find ways of locking the frame rate under that and just forcing the driver to use like a lower refresh rate, you get used yeah. to it. Like, um, I know people always get on, on me when I say this sort of thing. And it's like, no, you need the high refresh rate because otherwise you get motion sick. And maybe I'm just uh, yeah. resistant to motion sick, but I have been able to play on what seems like alarmingly low refresh rates in VR with no big complications. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a slideshow just that you're watching, like, you know, you five, know, five, five frames, frames like, click, <laughs> click for like next, next frame. frame. Yeah. <laughs> click. <laughs> um, yeah. And just play the, 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 the Steam VR toolkit has the resolution scale thing that you can play around yeah. with. And people, I, I mean, Games like Star Wars Squadrons just naturally already use a very low internal resolution. And you you're, you yeah. see it initially, you're like, wow, this looks so blurry. And an hour later, you forget about it. So you, you will be surprised yeah. just how much your brain gets used to it. Um, so mm. I will say don't be afraid of trying VR in a lower resolution. A lot of people uh, have the attitude of being like, oh, it's not the real experience and they don't want to ruin it for me. For a lot of games, it doesn't really matter. For I, I, Even for games like Half-Life Alyx, I will argue that the game's still pretty freaking good because, just the way, because of the way how it feels. Yeah, mm. and I think as well, like a common mistake, particularly when using Oculus headsets, is that people don't realize that there's settings in the Oculus dashboard that you can adjust in terms of resolution and super sampling. And when you connect it to Steam VR at the same time, that those two settings stack... Yeah. <laughs> So if you if you're setting them both, you're like stacking them uh, double. So bear that in mind, and that can help you with your frame rates as well. 
But to maybe yeah. round this up and sort of give you a final question, do you ever see yourself working in VR uh, with gaming aside? Do you ever see that as a thing, you know, like productivity in VR? Could oh, yeah. You, could you see yourself editing vid videos and stuff like that in the future? And yeah. That kind of when, thing? When Oculus was showing their ultra futuristic like office in VR sort of thing, I remember seeing mm -hmm. it and thinking like, I will, I will, if, if this is a tech that actually worked well and integrated with Windows and I could, um, I don't know which software uh, you, you guys specifically use to edit, uh, but I work with my, in, my editor works in Premiere, but I do the main putting together in DaVinci Resolve. And every time I'm mm -hmm. editing, I kind of wish I was in VR and I could just like extend the freaking timeline and be like, okay, this is the big yeah. preview so I can do proper like masking and mm -hmm. stuff and not just in this mm -hmm. monitor but it's like oh you just buy an ultra wide it's, it's not the same like i wish i could <laughs> I, imagine if the monitor was infinite and i could just grab the ends of my da vinci timeline and stretch it as much as i need to to figure three, out what three, to do 360 a timeline you know that never <laughs> exactly ends. the timeline yeah. of the video never ends yeah <laughs> I, will, I will freaking love yeah. doing that <laughs> nice okay well. so you're on, you're on board with productivity in vr in the future oh absolutely Awesome, awesome. So should we nice. see if they, we've got any questions for, for Alex uh, in yeah, the chat? So let's see, uh, I haven't really seen that much. Someone said uh, um, Gen 1 Windows Mixed Reality had a low spec mode that runs at 60. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Is, wow. is it named after you? No, no. <laughs> low spec, <laughs> I, cannot, I wish. Yeah. yeah. Um, low frame rates can often give you headaches due to stutter and the motion doesn't seem real. Yeah, kind of, but you're surprised how often you get used to it. It's it's like the debate of... Oh, your, your brain your brain does a great job at filling yeah, in the frames. The, it's yeah, yeah. it's like the experience of, oh, you're used to 60 FPS and try now playing 30 FPS on the console. Yeah, it bothers yeah. you for an hour or, or two, and then you get used to it and forget about it. I'm, I'm always... Have, have yeah. you ever tried uh, like 144 hertz on an index before? Uh, yes, I have. Uh, okay. I'm not sure if I can tell that story, but I did that in the in the living room of Linus Tech Tips. <laughs> oh wow, nice! <laughs> like nice flex. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that that's a weird flex, but we 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 went to eat at his house after LTX, and he was like, "Do you want to try uh, 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 an index?" I'm like, "Sure," and we tried Gorm. Yeah. I think that was that was fun. <laughs> That's brave of him to play, let you play Gorn in yeah, his living exactly. room. You take the headset off, you destroyed his house. I, I came tantalizingly close to causing you to drama twice. I'm glad it didn't happen. <laughs> it's, it's interesting uh, how uh, like Linus has been also kind of part of the VR scene with his reviews, you know. But yeah. I remember, um, what was it like the Oculus Quest 2? It took a while for him to... Was it review it? And then he apologized, first of all, for not recognizing the, mm. the headset. But it's interesting how how he has also been looking at VR, you know? Like the, the bigger, uh, let's say, tech uh, YouTubers have also a certain history with VR. And you can't blame them because the thing is, you know, as I said before, uh, researching stuff about VR and, and not having tried it is hard, you know? You, yeah. Like with a phone, like you try the phone many times before, you know... Like you what could just expect, read yeah. on paper what it's all about and you know what to expect. But with VR, like even with every new headset that comes out, you need to try it. Even that you tried VR already, you mm. need to try the next yeah, one first. Yeah, exactly. I'm still surprised no. we haven't seen any content from Marquez um, about VR yet. 
about VR. Yeah, because he, he, he with Apple, with Apple, he's definitely gonna do he, it. But, he regularly uh, wears a Vive headset, and we often see. I think someone did post a picture of a Quest Two in the background once. So he he's totally trying it. Well, he was always wearing his Vive shirt. That's right. Like, yeah. He did an interview with Elon Musk. He's wearing a Vive shirt. He's uh, reviewing a car. He's wearing a Vive shirt. I'm like, okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Well, with Apple, maybe who knows? One day, one day, I'm yeah. sure. One day. So, um, so yeah, that was a little uh, little chat with our friend Alex from Low Spec Gamer. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. Really, really yes. appreciate it. And I think, you know, your perspective on the industry is pretty spot on, really, uh, from everything you've said. You know, we need sort of more recognizable high-end games because it is software, after all, that sells hardware, you know, in terms of consoles. It, it's exclusive yeah. game titles that bring people in. So more recognizable yeah. content would certainly help the industry. But, you know, we're getting there slowly but surely, uh, nevertheless. So now let's talk, let's talk about more games. Nathan's going to give us a lowdown on what we can expect uh, to come to yeah. our headsets next week. I'm a, I'm a little nervous because Zim said, like, uh, you know, uh, make me <laughs> High proud. High expectations. And, uh, make me proud, boy. I was like, I was like, what does that mean? Does it mean that I have to show all these shitty games or all the good games that you usually show? I wasn't <laughs> sure if I had to go one way or the other, you know? Let's try with the good ones. Yeah, no, we have a lot of good ones. I didn't really find that many bad ones. It's, it's a shame, right? Like, I, I finally get to do it. And then, then I'm really tryharding to find something. Okay, let me. Okay, let me just start with one that I that didn't make it to this list, but I still want to mention. Okay. And it was this lava game, and where you have to escape lava. It's like a, a parkour game where you have to escape lava. It was on the Oculus Rift store. I was like, I need to go on there to find something that is kind of obscure, and I did find that. But I, it, it wasn't worth promoting, to be honest. But I still did it anyway. So. Uh, okay. The developer can thank me later. I just don't know the title. Is it like Lava VR Runner or Escape? <laughs> Lava Escape. Let me look Lava it up while you talk runner. about the next one. Sure, you, you, you buy it while I'm uh, going to, uh, you know, go to the next one. Okay, so first of all, we have a hand tracking experience. And this might sound strange, but this hand tracking experience is called First Steps. Now, First Steps is pretty much the showcase for what's possible on the Quest 1 and Quest 2. It's like an introduction to... Uh, what you can do with VR, but um, since this week, you can now play it with hand tracking as well, and it works. It works. I tried it. It's easy to get into, and this makes it even, let's say this rounds up the ecosystem even more that you can use almost everything with hand tracking, including the demo that, I don't know, does First Step still come with the Quest? I think it came yeah. with the Quest 1. Does it also come with the Quest 2? Yeah. Is it pre-installed on the headset? Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, you can now play with hand tracking. And as I said, it's a showcase. You can dance with the little robot with your hands. Um, it, it doesn't, it, it's kind of, it's more of like a, they added some support to it. But as you may know, the, the robot mimics your, your moves. It doesn't do that with hand tracking. So it does work, but you can't really see your hands in mirror mode because that would be very performance heavy um maybe maybe alex would you know be able to create some potato hands instead but i don't know um but uh yeah so you can do that you can also use the shooting range with your hands and uh, uh use the table full of toys with your hands control the zeppelin uh things like nice. that i still i still think it's a great demo it's it's amazing so mike you have anything to say about the lava <laughs> thing or plenty to say okay sure go for it so uh lava escape mine it's available on Oculus, on the Oculus Store uh, for Rift. Yeah. And it's yeah. also available on Steam VR. It released, wow. um, yeah, literally this week on Oculus. It's been out a little yeah. while on Steam. Only two reviews. 
Um, <laughs> Two reviews, okay. The, the synopsis says, Escape the volcanic mine. Red hot, <laughs> red hot magma is now pouring into the underground mining <laughs> complex. And basically you've got to solve pr- puzzles as lava is like slowly yeah, 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 creeping right. in, setting fire to everything. Sounds like a hot game to me. <laughs> Let's see what the review yeah. says. I'll Highly recommend out. it. Test your problem-solving skills. It has some stress, <laughs> stressful parts, but you will enjoy it. Remember to always pay attention to the audios and follow the instructions. There you go. Oh, yeah. Uh, instructions are very important. No, but it is scary to get chased by something. I remember having to escape the Titanic with the water coming like until like your, your neck or to your mouth, and you're like, oh, I'm going to drown, and I'm sure you're going to have mm. the same kind of uh, vibe with uh, that. But, yeah, thank you, Mike, for promoting it even more. Um, it is an interesting concept for sure. Um, anyways, uh, the next hand tracking, because there were two hand tracking experiences that dropped, we also have tiny castles. Um, and oh, I should say first steps is free, of course, you know, first steps is free and it's the same for uh, tiny castles. It's also free. So this is a top down action puzzle game in where you play as a powerful God. Uh, the game's objective is simple, free your believers, Mike. So it's kind of like, you know, your subscri- subscribers, you need to free them, okay? Um, They've been held the, captive by the algorithm. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, makes sense. From the evil god and his minions and advance forward to destroy the obelisk, which powers the evil in this world. So that's kind of what it's all about. Um, this was, as far as I know, made by Oculus. Uh, it was to kind of test out the hand-tracking capabilities. Um, it's on... App Lab games, funny enough. Mm-hmm. So they kind of put their own game on App Lab too. Um, so uh, yeah, maybe it's because they think like this is maybe a bit too much for the consumers right now to try. Um, so it's kind of hidden away for now. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like I tried it this week. It's a bit like a tech demo. It's got like a few mm-hmm. levels you can try. So it's maybe not worthy for the main story, you would say? or I think it has the potential, like if they develop it further. The the concept is yeah. certainly interesting. The, the mm-hmm. interactions with the world using your hands are pretty great, actually. And the hands are very, very detailed and they look great when you look down and move them and wiggle your fingers it feels really yeah. cool so highly recommend you go check it out it's on app lab for free of course so. Hey, hey, so so going back to that lava thing something that just came up in my mind is that <laughs> oh, if you if you could combine gorilla attack with this mine escape thing you could escape with your friends as gorillas while the lava is coming after you yeah i think that would be amazing right that would be pretty cool if this the lava a, was rising uh, throughout the level and you had to jump yeah. up from branch to branch but still yeah. catch people and infect them yeah awesome you guys you guys thought i was going to say something stupid <laughs> but actually it's pretty legit it's well, a pretty good idea yeah yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah, pass it see? on we'll let lemming that's know. why alex is in here so we'll he actually slide. you know we'll i got at least one person that that believes in me um <laughs> then we have the climb too what a surprise on the quest mm-hmm. <laughs> 30 dollars and 30 euros well usually uh, mike and zim throw in the pounds I don't know how many pounds it is because I, I do not live in the England city. It's but uh, tell me more. Twenty two ninety nine in in British pounds. Damn. Well, you you're you're fast. This was uh, somewhere in your mind. It was um, etched into wow. my brain. Impressive, most impressive. So yeah, the climb too. Um, we already spoke about this. You know, it's it's a climbing uh, game, an extreme sports game, uh, where you can explore many beautiful beautiful uh, environments. And um, yeah, if you want to know our review of that, just uh, go back a little bit in the podcast and catch up with that. Um, then we have Warplanes World War One Fighters. In mm. this game, you immerse yourself in World War One aerial combat like never before in a uh, captivating VR experience. No matter whether you prefer arcade games or flight simulators, 
a variety of options will let you adjust the game to your preferences. So that's interesting. So you can play it, you know, with like these these crazy simulations going on or go a little bit uh, casual. It's almost like a flight simulator, right? Where you could also mm -hmm. kind of choose to play like a like a noob, like a dummy. Like you're, you're like Mike flies in this game with his dummy book still in his hands, reading all the papers and the plane just flies for him. Um, or a pilot, <laughs> you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Autopilot. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, this game, like, uh, it, <laughs> it released obviously this week, and uh, it's been getting some really good reviews. People are really enjoying it. Looks it. Amazing. It's got motion controller support, although they're thinking about adding hotel support in the future. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this one looks like a lot of fun. I'm, I'm going to try this out this week. So uh, if I do, I'll let you know what I think next week on it's the also, show. It's cool that they have those like those old planes that have like the open cockpit. I yeah. think that's always awesome to see. What that. was the name? Also, of there's a version again? of this. Uh, Warplanes. Warplanes. Yeah. World War One fighters. Yeah. This is also available on uh, SideQuest uh, for okay. Quest. Yeah. That's my that's my job to say. So it's on SideQuest. Sorry, you you go. Don't want to step <laughs> on your toes. <laughs> yeah. And and, and uh, yeah, sorry, I'm not done yet. No. So okay, so there is a free demo on Steam that you can download, so you can try this. <laughs> so that's very nice. Demos are always welcome. I wish we had more of those. Um, and it's it's on Steam. Um, you can buy it for ten dollars. 12 euros, again, pounds, no idea, I'm sorry, I'm from Europe, so 12 euros, there you go. <laughs> um, I, saw, so I, saw, I saw someone in the chat mentioning that it's also available on Itch. Oh, it's also on Itch, wow, we're really going well, deep you, with this. You buy it through Itch, uh, but it's yeah. available through SideQuest. That's, yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. Who you happen uh -huh. to know okay. if it has like Hodas support? It doesn't, but they're planning it for okay. the future. I, I think I'm going to buy yeah. this because this looks like airplanes but what i had with star wars and i i love that idea yeah yeah like the dog fighting and stuff is supposed to be really cool pretty good reviews yeah, on steam so far looks amazing yeah. yeah some people in the chat say that this should come to the official store well there's a lot we want to come to the official store of the quest but it's it's good to hear that this is a pc vr title and a standalone title mm -hmm. then this is my favorite of today's show and this is where I'm going to make Zim very proud. Jim, Jim Barnaby, shout out to you. <laughs> this game is called Laid Back Camp Virtual Lake Motosu. That's right. And I don't know why they put virtual in the title, but maybe to make sure that you know it's a virtual game, right? Oh, God. Yeah. So together with... Sorry, I'm, my Japanese is not, not so good, okay? Together with... Nade, Nadeshiko and Rin embark on a new camping adventure at Lake Motusu, taking pictures and trying lots of delicious food. Set near scenic Mount Fuji, Nadeshiko, Rin and others encounter a variety of unique situations. Join them for a short 3D adventure game. Each version is about the length of an anime episode. Does anyone know how long an anime episode is it's usually? the anime? <laughs> yeah, I, I, this is very specific, I know. But um, there, there's this vibrant uh, scenery that you can just chill in and just have a great time, like just camp in VR. And honestly, the trailer looks great. It's pretty cute. I'm, I'm yeah. curious. Yeah, it looks kind of cute. I know, right? I'm, I'm very curious to try this. Uh, to be honest, uh, it looks amazing to just sit there, chill, relax, be in an anime yourself, right? Have some um, ramen, ramen noodles. Yeah, you can eat ramen noodles too. Yeah, you can eat delicious food. Um, 
I have not tried this. So, uh, yeah, based on the story, it sounds uh, amazing. Um, I'll give it a try for sure, actually. We look forward uh, to I your, s- your full review next week. <laughs> well, that's, well, yeah, well, that's a bit bit uh, too, uh, you know, fast. Uh, you get a little <laughs> bit too excited. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll try it. I'll, I'll, I'll see what I can uh, do, Mike. Nice. Um, so this one is uh, not free, sadly. Uh, this one is for sale on Steam for $24. Wow. Uh, and that translates to uh, around 20 euros. Yes. What do you guys uh, think about this one? According to no. reviews, it's about an hour no, long. Not my kind of I'm thing. fine with that if it's interesting. An hour long. Yeah. I mean, I mean, like you can't really camp in real life now. <laughs> so why don't don't you just do I, I it this way? I, I think I just want to jump in my war plane, to be honest, <laughs> over this one. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, $24 for a holiday is cheap, Mike. Don't mm. underestimate it. Come on. Um, so Tell me have you have never for the dreamed mind. of camping out with an anime girl. Come on. I can no honestly say like I haven't, actually. <laughs> I can honestly say I haven't. Flying <laughs> <laughs> a World War fighter, though? Yeah, Everyone in the chat maybe. just yeah. judged me um, so hard. Yeah. Yeah, so I should also say that this one, this one is also an app lab. Uh, so you can play this one on the Quest 2. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Interest. Now, now you're getting interested, Mike, because you can take your headset outside and replicate that feeling of sitting. Imagine Mike sitting in front of his house with his little coffee, with his headset in a on. virtual tent. And, yeah. and people are like, "What the heck is this guy doing?" Thanks, he's like, nice. "He's my girlfriend. He's my girlfriend." He's like putting his hand around his virtual girlfriend. That is All right, there. let's move on. Sad, sad. <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> okay, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to. Uh, I think it's called uh, Z Race. And this oh. is uh, one that you can experience a new generation of racing in. It's a high octane VR arcade racer bursting with sleek, futuristic, uh, um, well, uh, spaceships, I would say. And uh, high speed zero gameplay is is in there. Uh, it has an intense, vibrant soundtrack to really get your heart pumping. And um, you can even upgrade your racing ship if you want to, and then rock it up to the global leaderboards. Uh, as far as I know, a gamertag VR, our YouTube colleague has his own ship in there, so that's kind of you know lit. Um, uh, everyone but, uh, does, yeah. This everyone, everyone does, yeah. VR three six five, oh. Tyrion Wood, I think, has some oh, cherry. The whole gang. Is your ship in there? No, my ship is not. Is your ship in there? <laughs> no. no. Well, we're missing out apparently. Apparently so. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, this this reminds me a bit of Wipeout and it reminds me of some other, you know, fast games too. Um, this must be amazing on 144 hertz for sure. Haven't tried that yet. Um, but um, yeah, this one is uh, on Steam for $15 and $12.50 in euros. Yes. So uh, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, I do see these games pop up a lot. Like every year we seem to get a new one. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the newest one in the lineup. Um, then we have Firepoint. Um, this was a suggestion by Mike himself. Um, it's free on uh, no wait on yeah on the PlayStation VR. It's the only platform where you can play this on. By the way, it, just, yeah. it sounded like I was going to say, but it's not free on. Um, no, it's free on PlayStation if you have uh, a PlayStation subscription, right? Yeah, PlayStation Plus. Yeah, yeah, PlayStation oh, nice. Plus. So you can you can try it out. Um, can you play? You can't play this without an aim controller, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. So, you know, especially now, like if you're considering getting PS VR 2 in the future and you're yeah. a PS Plus member, just add it to your library and then you can got a yeah. game to play when this, the new headset this drops. This is a great game as well. Fun game. I really like this game. Yeah. Fantastic. Great Fantastic with the aim story, controller. Great, great visuals. A lot yeah, of and I, I, I think the reason why they are doing it now is because they want people to get familiar with that game before they release their new ones. Yeah, this of course. This is a smart way of kind of, you know, getting people uh, hooked. Hmm. 
Then, uh, last but not least, and this one, you know, I, I was going onto the Rift store and I found the Lava game and I found some other things, but I was really expecting to find just a lot of disappointing things. But you weren't disappointed this, with the Lava? No, I wasn't disappointed. <laughs> well, no, no, I was actually pretty surprised by that one. Okay. Um, but it's not the best one I found. I found a game that, that was drawing me in. It has a beautiful art style. It's very, very unique. And I just had to mention it here. It's called Curious Alice. Uh, and this is a VR experience that invites you to tumble down the rabbit hole, dive deeper down the rabbit hole, as I always say. It sounds like a quote of mine. And explore a fantastical world. Follow your own personal white rabbit companion to find missing objects. Solve the caterpillar's mind-bending riddles in a psychedelic mushroom field. Hey, that sounds like something I once did in Amsterdam. Uh, visit the Queens of Hearts Garden and experience more classic moments from this legendary tale. So this one is on the Oculus Rift store. And I don't know about you all, but it looks cool. I, I love the art style. It it's like, like some kind of drawing. Cool. Yeah. 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 I know. Yeah. yeah uh, I don't nice. know if it's any good in terms of gameplay. It does look a little bit basic, but... This is something that I just wanted to show off because these is these are kind of like the games that no one really talks about. But mm -hmm. I was like, okay, okay. So this is something there's different. A, there's a bit um, at the start of the last game in the trailer, which it, it, mm -hmm. it's probably a, a one-off thing, but it's something that I kind of wish someone built an entire mechanic around because it, it seems mm -hmm. that you drink something from a bottle and you become very small, like Alice in Wonderland. You, I mm -hmm. you should you should try a fisherman's tale. Okay, it has yeah. that mechanic. Oh. Oof. Yeah, the yeah, entire yeah. game is based oh, around perfect. that. Not that you specifically drink something, <laughs> but it plays really well with scale. Yes, that's what scale. I wanted. Yeah. yeah. And and it's kind of like an inception, like a world within a world. It's yeah. very trippy. You'd really enjoy it's, it. It's very trippy. Tale. You'll, you'll like yeah. that one. And it's like on the wish stuff. list. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so, so it's available on Quest uh, as well. Oh, yeah. It's good. Yes. So this one is, as I said, on the Oculus Rift store. It's only $5.00. Five euros. So if you think, hey, this has potential, you want to support the developer who just published a game on a platform that no one seems to really use anymore, please, please, please support them. Really, I'm serious because this looked looked really awesome. So there you go. Those are the releases. Hopefully, nice. uh, do you, do you think Jim or Zim? What 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 is his name again? I think he would Zim, be proud. Right? He would be proud. Yeah. I think he'll be proud. Yeah. 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 Cool. Wow. Good job. That means a lot. Well done. Thank Nancy. you. Well done. Um, yeah. So if you've got any very burning last minute questions, then chuck them in the chat now just while I recap the details of the show and then we'll say goodbye for this week. So just a reminder, this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show live streamed every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. The show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which is available on Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud. If you enjoy the show, hit that like button, subscribe to our channel, which 6,000 of you have done now, which uh, we want to say thank you very much for as well. Crazy. Wow, 6,000? Yeah, amazing. Are we going to do a giveaway now? Sure, what are you going to give away? <laughs> um, your rec <laughs> mug? Okay, mug. cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, we also want to say thanks to Val for sponsoring the show and, of course, to Alex uh, for joining us as well. We really, really appreciate yeah. it. It's been fun chatting to you and getting your perspective on the VR industry. Let's see if we've got any questions. Everyone's saying they're proud of you, Nathie, which is good. Yeah, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we have a, sometimes, you know, we have a tough uh, crowd and, uh, you know, I'm always a little bit scared that they would judge me, but uh, <laughs> yep. sounds like uh, I'm, uh, you know, lucky. Yeah. 
So yeah, we're going to round up the show. We will obviously be back next week. Hopefully we've got some news from HTC about this new teased headset. That would be really cool to talk about on next week's show. So we hope you have a good week in VR. Until then, take care of yourselves and bye-bye for now. See you later.